The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, it's great to be here. As we continue to head toward total chaos in this country. I mean, jeez. This latest thing with Maxine Waters encouraging people to accost and hassle and chant and yell and scream at others everywhere they see them. Whether they're at a movie theater, whether they're in a restaurant, doesn't matter. Just go hassle them. Well, okay. Now got turned around on her. And she didn't like it quite so much. I bet. I bet she didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's pretty amazing when, you, you know, I can do this to you, but I can dish it out, but I certainly can't take it. I I refuse. So, obviously, the right is going to get pissed off at Maxine Waters for calling for people to harass them wherever they are. If they're wearing uh, MAGA caps or if they're part of the administration, well, then the right is going to say, okay, well, let's see how she likes it. Yeah. And the problem is that feels really good. <laughs> That's the problem. Like, good, good. Yeah, you called for this. Right. Now, how do you like it? Right. And that's exactly why, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi and many other Congress people have denounced it saying, whoa, 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 we need to be civility, civil. We need to be civil to each other. What are you talking about? Because they know. They want to eat their dinner in peace, too. Yeah, everybody does. Yes. So uh, I was impressed that Schumer yesterday on the Senate floor said this. Many of us disagree with the policies of the current administration. In a country as large and diverse as ours, politics has always been a noisy, raucous affair, Mm -hmm. probably even more so today. That's okay. But we all have to remember to treat our fellow Americans, all of our fellow Americans, with the kind of civility and respect we expect will be afforded to us. I strongly disagree with those who advocate harassing folks if they don't agree with you. Nice. If you disagree with someone or something, Mm -hmm. stand up. Make your voice heard. Explain why you think they're wrong okay. and why you're right. Make the argument. Protest peacefully. If you disagree with a politician, organize your fellow citizens to action mm-hmm. and vote them out of office. But no one should call for the harassment of political opponents. That's not <laughs> right. That's not American. Right. Now, I understand those Thank who look you. at the conduct of this president. Who is this? A speaker? man who it's habitually engages in bullying, name calling, mm. slander and nastiness for its own sake. And think mm-hmm. we have to fight fire with fire. I know I felt those emotions myself. I think we all do. I understand those who are outraged at the hypocrisy of this president. When he complains about bullying, harassment, and nastiness, when it's used against him or his allies, and he uses it as a regular tool almost every day. Mm. I'm outraged by that hypocrisy, the double standard Mm. that we seem to let this president get away with. But the president's tactics and behavior should never be emulated. It should be repudiated. Okay. Wow. So, 
Uh, I mean, there's some things you may disagree with. You may, maybe you don't think Trump is that bad, I don't, but it's pretty obvious that, yes, he's kind of vicious too, <laughs> right? Sure. I mean, he goes after everybody who disagrees with him. He may not be as bad as they perceive him. Right. But, but I mean, but the, I, I mean, they've got a point there. Yes, they do. Schumer's got a point there. And for him to actually stand up and repudiate what Maxine Waters called for, I got to give him credit for that. Yes. That's impressive and unexpected. You just, you wouldn't, you, what the hell, are, is a 747 landing on the top I of this don't, building? I'm just looking at my headphones, like, what the heck is what going is, on? I don't, I don't you can. I think we just had an airplane land on the building. <laughs> so maybe they're setting up. Or maybe inside the building. It, it may have just crashed through the outer walls. <laughs> And it's now in that corridor outside. It, that was it will weird. be part of the next museum <laughs> here at Murder Studios. So you got that to look forward to next time. Uh, all right. 888 Also, I'm, you know, this is not a, a good day for me and Donald Trump because uh, he caved. He caved in on uh, his tough border policy. And now we're back to catch and release. Okay, we're going to catch him and then let him go. Okay. I thought we were going to stop this thing. And then you get you get some feedback, some negative feedback that you could have explained a little bit better than you did. Uh, and you changed the policy and okay, we're going right back. Well, but they don't have any room. That, they, that, that's the point. That's, that's the whole the problem. Thing. They ran out of room. It has nothing to do with the negative feedback they got. This is not caving into pressure. The tents are back ordered. You can't even uh, okay. get new tents. So as soon as we it's can get those delivered. Interesting, though, that you know during Barack Obama, they had twice as many people detained as we do now, but we ran out of room. So, But it, it, then you think back to the Obama days, and you realize, well, people were a lot smaller Thank then. You. That's Thank you. way, way smaller. Thank you. And, and they're just gigantic now. Some <laughs> of these kids that are crossing the border... 16, 17 feet tall. They can't tall. sleep on one bed. They have to use three. Yeah, two, three tons a piece. You know, they're <laughs> six to 9,000 yes. pounds each. It's just unbelievable. So about, about the room. That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. You can't. There's um, no room. So there's no room. We ran out of room, and they would like to be tough on immigration, but we can't. So we're going to release them into the country again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we talked about this a little bit on Glenn's show as I was promoting this one. And, you know, we, we were talking about a time when we asked people during the election, is there anything that would make you change your mind on Donald Trump? You huge, huge supporters that support him no matter what, no matter what he says or does, uh, or if he's caught in a lie, whatever he's done in his past, any of it, is there anything that would make you change your mind? And, Almost universally, yeah. it was if he gets soft on immigration. Yep, immigration was number one, and uh, I think that's out the. I think that's out the window now. I, I don't know if that's going to matter to people. You'll probably have people on talk radio later on today defending catch and release. <laughs> that's that's a good policy. What else are you going to do? We're out of room. This has nothing to do with the bad feedback, and this is just good, solid common sense policy that's all this is as a businessman you learn Uh to negotiate and this is all part of the negotiation and right you negotiate you evolve you compromise this is just a nice little compromise this is is what we were actually fighting for the whole time (laughs) wait Uh, were you because 
It'll be interesting to see if that's the line of thinking. It sure or, will. Will there be any criticism for Donald Trump today for, for giving in and going back to catch and release? Come on. Gotta be some other alternative. I mean, if, the, if, there, if there's one guy that we thought we could count on to not cave under any kind of pressure because he's Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now he caves? Come on. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's frustrating. It sure is. Very frustrating. Very frustrating. You know, the wall's still not built. We don't have Wait. funding for it. Yeah, the what? wall's not built yet, Jeffy. In fact, we've not even started construction on a new wall. And so um, well, that's... they have repaired sections of the old one, old fence, though. They've done some of that. Okay, so we have a little work. We've out. done a little oh, repair. So, right, yeah, that's a good thing. Good, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if you were worried about the old fence, which I, well, was completely well, inadequate... <laughs> Uh, don't worry about that anymore because we're shoring that up okay. a little bit in a couple of places. <laughs> we got about on a 2,000 mile border. You'll be happy to hear we've secured probably three miles of that. It's, you know, so well, don't you dare try to cross this border. It's impenetrable. I mean, you're talking about three whole miles. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Not right. Not like kilometers. No, or... no. Because three kilometers, well, know. nobody knows we how. We don't know how far that is. It could be no. eight million miles or it could be three inches. I don't know. There's no way to tell. <laughs> the three whole miles. <laughs> but, uh, but to give you an indication, to show you how bad this situation is, an ABC News reporter was on the border with a Border Patrol agent, and he showed him, okay, this is where a lot of people smuggle. Anyway, it's self-explanatory. Watch what happens here. All right, so this is one of the areas where almost exclusively the smugglers use it to smuggle unaccompanied children and family units into the U.S. So those migrant families, this is one of the pathways they come through right here? This is the main pathway here in the McCown Station's area of responsibility. Pásale. ¿Cuántos más vienen? Look, there's a smuggler. Espérate ahí, espérate ahí. We have a... Border Patrol just got a smugglers. That's a smuggler. This is the smuggler right here. And, and Adrian Rodriguez, you can't go in there. I cannot go in the river to, to apprehend him. As long as it goes back south, I'm all right. Unbelievable. As soon as he saw me, he was walking these folks up. And we'll talk to him right now. But more than likely what he was going to tell him is just take this main road, follow it, the road that we came up on, right? So as soon as he saw me, he ran back south. His raft was right there, jumped on the raft, then went back south. Yeah, and we can't go get him. And why the hell not? And why can't we just uh, pump up another boat and the people that he just dropped off put him on and push him back across? Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not sorry. Did you see the lack of concern on the faces of the illegals that were sneaking across? The they didn't care. They could care. Not they one iota of care. Couldn't, couldn't care less that that was a border agent, and and they're sneaking in illegally into this country. And they're like, ah, hey, how you doing? We're we're just sneaking into your country we'll see you in about 30 years right uh and uh we won't bother to learn any of your language we're gonna send most of our money back to mexico so it doesn't help this economy it helps theirs but don't worry about any of that and if you notice and i know you didn't Mm -hmm. i just you just blew right by it Mm -hmm. uh how big they were yeah they're i mean huge each of those people were 19 20 feet tall huge so there's no we have to let them go (laughs) catch and release well we didn't even catch there 
I mean, maybe he went back and talked yeah, to probably. him. I don't know, but uh, it's amazing. You can't pursue the smuggler. The, these guys are despicable criminals. The the smugglers. Once he's in his little raft, we hey, go. can't touch him. Sorry, he's uh, he can do whatever he wants now. Paddle right back across the river. There's no reason for them not to do this. They make what seven thousand dollars a piece uh, by many reports on those people, and we saw or more four if, of them. Yeah, or more if they're making deals with drug lords. He just made you know twenty eight thousand dollars just getting them across the border. Now whatever whatever happens to them, he doesn't care. He could he couldn't care less. So and then he knows all he has to do is get back to the river, and he's fine. How does that make any sense? It does make zero sense. It makes uh, zero sense. Wow. Something's got to be done, and no one is doing it. And if we're going to have a president who is so tough, supposedly, on immigration during the campaign, if he starts to cave on this thing, then I, we're really in trouble. 888 More Pat Grandleash coming up. Pat Gray. On the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I don't know. Did we talk about Charles Krauthammer yesterday? It's really sad that he very, died. Very little. We did touch on it, but we Jeez. didn't do uh, we didn't do him justice. I don't think. You know, one of the big conservative commentators of the last you know thirty years, I suppose, or more, won a Pulitzer Prize. Was highly respected. Really smart guy. Um, and he got cancer, what was that, maybe a year, year and a half ago. And so he took quite a bit of time off from Fox. And then uh, he, he kind of got through all of that treatment. And he was just getting ready to come back. He had had a checkup one month previously and was cancer-free. And then he, for safety's sake, went and got another checkup because I think he was having some issues. And uh, so in the... In the month between the time he was completely cancer-free and when they saw him again, now the prognosis was he had three weeks to live. Good heavens. Right? It was... That's the aggressive nature of the cancer that he had. It was that rapid and that aggressive and nasty. And it must have been all through his body, apparently. And he said, so he's, you know, essentially going home to die. And, you know, said goodbye to all his colleagues and fans and... And in about a week and a half, he was gone. Sad. Really sad. So Charles Krauthammer will be missed. Uh, or Kham, as, as we well, lovingly refer to as, him. As, you know, the, being the friend that you are. Yes. And yes. knowing, those clo- and knowing those of him. of us closest yeah. to him uh, refer to him thusly. Kham. Kham. Uh, 888-900-3393. But seriously, just a, 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 real, a real sad event. With a conservative voice like his being silenced, and and just by all reports, I didn't, I never actually met Charles Krauthammer. But that sticks because I would have liked to. Have yeah, met I would him have too. liked to. All the, you know, the times we were in and out of the building would have been nice. To and have. he was apparently a really good guy. 
888 We've got the Supreme Court rulings today on the travel ban. They actually ruled in favor of the travel van- ban in a five-to-one opinion. Amazing. Written by uh, Chief Justice John Roberts that uh, Trump's immigration restriction fell squarely within the president's authority. Wow. <laughs> Hello. When you had people comparing that to Japanese internment camps and calling it the same thing, <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, let's see. The Japanese were citizens. Uh, the Japanese Americans were put into a prison. We're, as far as I know, we're not imprisoning all of uh, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Yemen, and we didn't confiscate any of their property either. Just other than those very minor, minuscule points, you're right. It is exactly, <laughs> exactly the same. The same. <laughs> I would like to challenge those people to show me where in the Constitution it says the United States of America must l- allow every single person who wants to come here to come here. Where does it say that? They I, look, so they, and they keep claiming it. And yeah, they I, by do. they, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, leftist talking heads, uh, a lot of the Democratic talking heads mm-hmm. all continue to claim it. Yep. They continue to claim that those people that we saw coming across the border where the, the guard was chasing the smuggler and he gets in the river and he can't chase him. If I argue that we should blow up another boat and put those people right on it and push them back across to the other side. Oh, absolutely. They claim we can't do that. D- that doesn't make any sense. To it me. makes zero sense to me whatsoever. I, I don't get it. And uh, Hawaii was alleging that this immigration restriction was motivated by religious discrimination. They noted that a majority of the countries included in the ban have primarily Muslim populations. Huh. May I also note that the majority of the persons who slaughtered 3,000 Americans were m- the majority uh, Muslim. If by majority you mean all, uh, then yeah, they were all all Muslims in that eventuality too. So um, I don't know. Maybe there is reason to be a little concerned about people coming from those countries. I don't know. <laughs> but in in uh, in a really good decision for a change from the U.S. Supreme Court, they said that there is nothing in the text. About about uh, religious affiliation, which nothing, we, which I, which we've know, said I a million times, saying over and over again, but it didn't matter because of what Trump was saying, right? You know what Trump was saying and what the words were were two different things, and it just didn't matter because everybody believed that you know that's what they, that's Trump's deal, that's what he's calling it, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's not what it says at all. Roberts wrote, uh, though the ban applies to five countries with Muslim-majority populations, that fact alone does not support an inference of religious hostility. Uh, He wrote also that uh, those five countries amount to only 8% of the world's Muslim Muslim population. And we're not, as far as I know, we're not excluding people from Indonesia, right? Isn't that the largest Muslim country in the world? Yeah. I don't think Indonesia is even included in the ban. Uh, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Neil in Arizona, you're on the blaze. Hi, Howdy. Hey, I hope we we get another gentleman. God graces us with another uh, gentleman like uh, the one that just passed away. If we're lucky, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, you know the Reverend Raft deal. I remember an agent telling me that when his uh, partner cocked a pellet gun and cracked it off at a rubber raft. Unfortunately, the guy that was in the rubber rubber raft couldn't swim, so he drowned. 
and uh, the agent was charged with uh, manslaughter. Oh, wow. That was in the 80s, early 90s. And uh, my brother being in the DEA, working with the guards going down there, they weren't allowed to stop anybody that had firearms. And, of course, some of these guys were, of course, they were heavily armed, better armed than the border guards, not just throwing rocks. These guys had G3s, M16s, and AKs. Yeah. And you're not supposed to hit the raft because they might drown. Amazing. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Neil. The, the border agents can't win. I, no, they cannot. I honestly don't know why anybody wants to be a, a U.S. border agent. No idea. Because no matter what you do, it's wrong. If you enforce the law, that's wrong, according to the left. You don't enforce the law, then we're kind of hacked off on the right. Uh, you, you actually defend yourself or the nation by, you know, taking a measure like... I don't know, deflating their raft as they're trying to escape back across the Rio Grande, then you're charged with manslaughter. Good golly. And then, of course, there was the George Bush nonsense when they uh, right. when they shot a, a drug smuggler in the butt uh, who was pointing a gun at him and firing back at them. Uh, they shot him in the butt. They actually got him. He got treatment. He was uh, treated like a king. In his hospital stay, we gave him everything he wanted. He was allowed to come back to the United States, back and forth. What happened to the border agents? They went to prison for two years. Wow. And only because of a lot of outcry and a humongous effort on the part of people who supported Ramos and Campion were they ever granted, and I think it was clemency. I don't think Bush even pardoned him. I think he just... uh, Oh, that's possible. I think he just let him go finally and commuted their sentence. I think it was a commutation, in fact. And said, eh, okay, time served. On the very last day yes. of his presidency, he held out that long. Despicable, man. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, and I've had really good friends who have been border agents, and I, I don't know why they're doing it. Really don't. Uh, Dorothy in Connecticut, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hi, Pat. Hey. You're missing something on Trump's negotiating policies. Okay. Okay, so his, he, you have to look at the bigger picture here. He comes out and he appears to walk something back. He did it with North Korea. And then he does a complete out, about face and gets what he wants. This has been the history since he's been elected. He doesn't tell anybody what he's going to do. Nobody knows what he's going to do. He appears to acquiesce. And then he turns around and he thumps people. So I think we have to wait this one out and really see what he does before we pass final judgment. Okay. And if he doesn't do anything, then what do you think? Well, <clears throat> then I think that Stu should get a Trumpy bear costume <laughs> and read stories in a Trumpy bear costume on his wonderful world of Stu. Okay. <laughs> right. That's what I think he should do while he's eating mm-hmm. a tortilla with peanut butter and a banana, which is actually freaking delicious. Oh yeah, I, lo- I love peanut butter and banana. He did that on the show while you were gone. Did he? Yes. He ate peanut yes. butter and banana while yeah, he was gone. Yeah, because Why? it was uh, to do with uh, tortillas. And, yeah, they were uh, that, feeding them. They the, were the girl that was starving uh, children on the border with with peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Yes. Yeah. That that is delicious. And that was a problem for people. That was one of the Thanks, one Dorothy. of the ladies. The one of the ladies that uh, one of the chanters uh-huh. uh, from uh, and the Mexican restaurant was talking about how these kids were eating uh, 
peanut butter sandwiches. We were only giving them peanut butter sandwiches that were still froze, partially frozen. And <laughs> what was frozen? The, the peanut butter? The sandwich, the, I guess. The bread? And the, and, and the, the tortilla? And, and the problem is, Pat, is that uh-huh. they would have had to wait another minute for it to thaw. <laughs> I mean, I don't. <laughs> I, you, can't, uh, you can't win. You just can't win. Uh, amazing. So anyway, Stu is making a point that uh, uh, peanut butter and uh, bananas and jelly and tortillas are good. delicious. <laughs> good. Mm-hmm. Me to ask Elvis. That was right, give me another nanner sandwich, man. Peanut butter nanner sandwich. Silla, Silla, give me, give me some peanut butter nanners uh, and about a pound of Vicodin. Good. Maybe, maybe two pounds. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-933-93. And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter from uh, Tom. Yes, indeed, Jeffy. Blow up another raft and put the illegal aliens on it and push them back to Mexico. That's my (laughs) kind of catch and release. Ah, Uh, Thank you. From Wesley D., why do they have to be released on our side of the border? Give them their 90-day court date and send them back. Bet more would make it to their court date. (laughs) Yes! I mean, that makes perfect sense. Uh, from the prolific GD Chapel. Wow, Pat made it sound like an army of Jeffy-sized children are being detained at the border. <laughs> well, I would. Because, yeah. see, we ran out of room already for them. That's why they have to do catch and release. No, I understand. There's no that. room. And they were super big people. <laughs> like Some of them, six to 9,000 pounds. 16, 17 feet tall. <laughs> I mean, we're not related, so. Are you anyway, sure? No, I'm not. Actually. I mean, <laughs> they're so big. It's you're possible. telling me you haven't spread your your seed south of the border? I'm guessing you have, but uh, we. No, I cannot tell you how that has. Not, <laughs> I cannot tell you that has not happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can neither confirm nor deny. No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. In all this nastiness. Um, Iowa Representative Steve King, who's a, a pretty good guy, is saying that we are headed for another civil war if we don't get a grip on this. The beginning of America's bloody civil war, uh, generally remembered as the opening shot on Fort Sumter in Charleston Harbor, April 12th, 1861. Now Steve King is fearing another Fort Sumter is in our future. America's heading in the direction of another Harper's Ferry, he said. After that comes Fort Sumter. His tweet linked to an article from the conservative online news site PJ Media about a group of protesters who were staging an Occupy-style campout in front of ICE, an ICE-holding facility in Portland, Oregon. Um, that's, I mean, entirely possible. Entirely possible. If we don't stop this madness, the sheer insanity and chaos that's going on, and have elected officials 
who are encouraging people to accost other people just because they disagree with them politically. And you know there's going to be reciprocation on that. You don't, you don't think that Trump supporters are, are going to retaliate? You know, for all the people who are yelling and screaming, well, Trump did the same thing. Yeah, but he's, he did his supporters. What have they done? Show me where the supporters have accosted people in restaurants, have been spitting on people in movie theaters, have been booing them out of movie theaters. That never happens. It never happens. And just following them. They even, I mean, just just ranting and raving as, as you walk down the street or mm-hmm. like Pam Bonnie coming out of the movie theater and just hollering and screaming and following her down the street. I mean, come on. She didn't even stay for the movie. It got so bad, right? Come on. It's just bad. It's, it's just bad. It's really bad. You know, Trump hit back at uh, Maxine Waters yesterday, and you know he's going to. Of course he's going to. Of course he is. And and so he he called her uh, an extraordinarily low IQ person. <laughs> <laughs> she has become, together with Nancy Pelosi, the face of the Democratic Party. Um, uh, she has just called for harm to supporters of which there are many of the America of the make America great again movement. Be careful what you wish for Max. Uh, so that's, Ooh, that's so what that's, he I said. Mean, that's a, and everybody's saying that's a threat. It's kind of a shout out. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's close to it. That's, I mean, that's walking a fine line of a shout out to fight back. But when you're calling on people to hassle his supporters and his administration, obviously he's going to respond to that. Now, every what's what's been somewhat surprising to me are the number of uh, Democrat voices who have supported what Maxine Waters called for. Oh now, yeah, they've been bashing Trump for his rhetoric, but Maxine Waters is fine. That that's okay. Right now, we always renounced the the really outrageous rhetoric from from Donald Trump. And well, we're renouncing the really outrageous rhetoric from Maxine Waters. So I think we're being pretty consistent on this. Now, Chris Hayes, Stephen Colbert, uh, Morning Cup of Postum with uh, Stevie and Buffy, uh, th- those people are not consistent. Those people are all saying that, you know, this is fine. It, it, it's fine oh, to it's be fine. doing this kind of stuff. It's fine. Listen, Even- Listen to Chris Hayes. Uh, Chris Hayes was on Seth Meyers' show last night. And uh, here's what he said about this controversy. You mentioned uh, civil society. I will segue to civility. That seems to be (laughs) the conversation today. Um, It's a tricky thing to talk about because I think we all, you know, we all would expect to be treated civilly. Like, we all want that. How do you feel about... Right now, a Republican saying that there is now a lack of, of civility. I mean, look, I understand. I want to, like, acknowledge what you're saying, which is I get people's impulse. And I don't think it's a bad impulse to have of, like, yeah, don't yell at people or be, you know, mm-hmm. that, I get that. That's a human and understandable part of people's impulses around this stuff. And generally, I think that's a good guiding post for people. I will say this, that, look, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, for example, is one of the most powerful people in the world. Mm-hmm. What? And in a very Ooh. real and tangible what? sense. The defining feature of a free society is that you can tell one of the most powerful people in the world in your government, get out of my restaurant. Right. Like, that's genuinely, like, a a thing that makes a free society. And now, people can say, like, I don't think they should do that or that's rude, and I totally get people on either side of that. But in a real deep sense, like, 
Mm -hmm. hectoring, <laughs> yelling at public officials. I mean, I covered all the Tea Party town halls in 2009. Did you? That was a festival of yelling at public officials. And oh. in the same way, that's was actually it? an important right to preserve. Uh, that is unbelievable. That is, first of all, his, his comparison to the Tea Party yelling at public officials, yeah, that was at town halls. They didn't right. chase him into restaurants and movie theaters and synagogues and churches. They talked to them where they were supposed to talk to them at a town hall. They didn't follow them to their house. They didn't accost them while they're eating dinner with their family. They didn't do any of those things. What, a, what an absolute ridiculous douche he is. That is unbelievably stupid. And to call Sarah Huckabee Sanders one of the most powerful people on earth? Shut up. She's got no power. Zero. She answers questions from press people. She doesn't make policy. She doesn't have... She's not writing legislation. (laughs) She's not signing executive orders. What are you talking about? One of the most powerful people in the world... Man, that is asinine from start to finish. I mean, one of the things I'm just—we're all more stupid for having watched that well, minute and fifteen seconds. One of the other things I was going to point Jeez. out is those two people actually have television shows, uh, right? That's amazing to me. <clears throat> it's crazy. I mean, that is amazing. crazy. I know. One of, Chris I, Hayes, you can't—you can't think yourself uh, uh, your way out of that little circle any better than that. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That is—it is kind of strange. Well, I mean, this is what we're hearing, wow. right? I mean, all on social media was. The people that are, you know, the verified accounts. So conservatives apparently think it's totally okay for a baker to not serve gay people, but it's also that it's super awful when a diner doesn't serve Sarah Sanders. All righty then. Well, um, well, no, honey. No, we. Uh, no, honey. One of them is protected by the Constitution. Uh, the other one isn't really, and I'm. I'm not saying. That it's against the law to kick a person out of your restaurant. I'm just saying it's it's uh, it's un-American to do that. But whatever. I mean, it's and, it's not it's look, not cool she, to do that. She handled it fine. It she just pr- let people know that it happened. She wasn't even complaining about it. Right, right. It's other people complaining on her behalf. And I'm just saying it's kind of nasty. And what happened to the tolerance of the left? I thought you were loving and inclusive. Right. You can't even include her in your restaurant? And that's what's turned around is that uh, the conservatives were upset uh, at the baker uh, to not serve gay people. No, he served gay people. Yes, he did. We we talked about this yesterday. He didn't participate in their wedding. Correct. And uh, we thought that that was okay. You know, that's okay. And we also said that it was, yeah, it's awful that the restaurant kicked Sarah out, but it's okay. That's their, that's the, it's they legal. can do that. Yeah, it's legal. It's fine. Uh, you know, In uh, some places, it isn't legal. I think there's three or four jurisdictions, um, major dur- jurisdictions, where political discrimination is illegal. Uh, and D.C. is one of those places. But this restaurant happened to be in Virginia. Right. So it's not illegal in Virginia. She has the right to kick Sarah Sanders out of her out of her restaurant, which she did. Now, nobody's at least I'm not saying that's that's illegal. I'm just saying it's an ugly move. It's really ugly to do. Why? This seems it seems like a waste. Uh, it's it seems like a waste, and they all don't care. I mean, they, they all now now the plenty of customers who you would have had won't go there. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll say, well, good. I didn't want him here to begin with. Okay, well, fine. Tell that to your mortgage broker, right? 
Okay, when, the, when right. you can't make the mortgage payment, then come and see me. You know, that's the same with, you know, Kevin Costner and, and Cynthia Nixon. They all go on The View and bash all the people and half the people that are going to see their movies and coming to vote for them in New York, and they all just bash the other half. Well, don't, you know, when the other half strikes back. Good luck. Have fun. And, and they will. I mean, the Trump supporters are pretty active. <laughs> just check fa- our Facebook uh, posts uh, to see how active they are. Uh, go look at Twitter and see how active they are. They make their, themselves known. And they will in this case, too. And then it just spirals out of control, and we're just going to have chaos. And like Steve King warned, you know, civil war eventually. Let's not do that. How about we all just be decent people to each other? We can disagree without being disagreeable. How can wow. we agree and mm. be nice to people, Pat, when families are being separated at the border? Yeah, well, My they're gosh. not now. They're not, so you don't need My to worry gosh, about do that. I, you don't understand. It's catch and release now. We're you don't not understand doing what's anymore. happening down at the border, Pat. Well, families, children are being, and then torn they're being torn from their parents' no. arms. They're not being torn or ripped anymore from the arms of their mothers. Uh, they're being fed frozen tortillas <laughs> <laughs> If that's the it's worst horrific, thing they have to complain horrific. about, this is a pretty good nation. Pretty pretty great country. Yes. Uh, it was, wait, the tortillas were partially, they didn't leave them in the microwave long enough? Seriously? I think I think it was that's the sandwiches, issue? actually. I think it was the bread sandwiches. Was it? That, were, that was partially frozen. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> they, they hadn't been thought out completely. Oh, my. So. The horror. I, right? The horror. I mean, you, Pat, tell me you've never mm. been at a luncheon where... The sandwich has still been partially frozen when you grabbed it. No, I have been, and I survived and, it, and, I, but barely. And how? Okay, it's only because you. I'm an extraordinary human being. A survivalist, I would say. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was able to eat partially yeah. frozen bread. Yeah. You remember what the big outcry uh, at Gitmo Bay when uh, they decided that once a week they were going to do an ice cream social for the for the Muslim uh, prisoners there. The extremists, the uh, terrorists who special, are being housed the there. Special. The special, wonderful people from these countries. You can't, be in, you, can't be in a, you can't be in a prison without an ice cream social. So they, they, they scheduled an ice cream social for them. Every Sunday, they had ice cream at Gitmo Bay. Uh, one of the prisoners sued the United States government <sighs> because it was only once a week. <laughs> because they only got ice cream once a week. <laughs> that is how ridiculous I mean, this is. Good gosh. You say as ridiculous as an ice cream connoisseur. Yeah. I would yeah. tend to say I'm on his <laughs> on, on his side. side. <laughs> yeah, by the way. You can't survive on one, no, uh, well, one day of ice cream. It's impossible. <laughs> now in Afghanistan, I wonder how many ice cream days he got to have. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was every stick and night. Possible. Uh, I thought it was that every they delivered, day. you know, maybe Baskin Robbins showed up at his cave every week. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yes. It's possible. <laughs> One of the push cool carts just showed up in the cave. Nice cream. The the truck is rumbling by on uh, one of those mountain roads, and they hear the little music, and they run out of the cave, and wait, wait, yeah. we're right here. I need I a push-up. I need a push-up. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three more Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. This is Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network.
Pat Gray. Oh, welcome. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray unleashed. Uh, there are some Democrats, to their credit, who are calling for some semblance of decency among their followers. Chucky e. Schumer is among them. Surprisingly, uh, that kind of blows me away. But he actually uh, repudiated what Maxine Waters had to say, which I, I think is amazing. Yeah, and um, I, th- I think I think uh, I think Pelosi has come out kind Nancy of uh, saying things against it. Which yeah, she but has. Look, I, I I would. And I agree. It's a good thing. 100%. Happy. They need mm-hmm. to do it. More need to do it. More need to well, slap her down. Well, we did when Trump was saying, you Thank know, you. rough up. Yes. Remember the, that? Yes. Was the rough them up. And, and, and turn around on all of crazy. that. Stop. And, yes. and we said, you know, that is not good. That's not right. And that's, we shouldn't be inciting violence. Uh, agreed. 100%. If I thought that Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi were doing it for any other reason then they just want to be able to eat and be left alone. Uh, then I would. <laughs> but uh, I'll I take it. With it. I, I'll take it. All I want to see is for us to, uh, you know, at least get back together to where we can just have a civil conversation with each other again. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. Where we're not screaming and yelling. We're not all. It's okay to disagree, off. by the way. It is. That's what, that's what really ticks me off. Is yeah, it is. It's okay to, uh, you know, if if I sit down and disagree with what you say, we can still talk and be and talk it out and, and still either yeah. walk away to d- disagreeing. Doesn't mean I have to hate right. you. Doesn't mean you have to yell, mm-hmm. scream, and holler at me. Exactly right. Uh, uh, last week, while I was supposedly on vacation, but kind of not. Anyway, we, we didn't make our cruise, but uh, that's a whole different story. Uh, but my oldest daughter was over at our house and... She was asking me about the immigration situation and, and what I thought about it because she said, all I'm seeing on social media is about this separating of families, families being torn from the arms right. of their mothers. What do you what do you make of that? Dad? And then she, and then after we discussed that for a while, she got into and, you know, I believe in climate change. <laughs> so uh, I thought you, you threw her I, out. I, yes. Yes, and I you said, I don't, we don't ever want you back in our house Thank again. you. Don't ever want it, no. Mm-mm. And then I <laughs> followed her when she took, uh, when she and her kids went to a restaurant. I followed her in, and I started yelling at her there. <laughs> this woman thinks no she's climate, my daughter. No climate, no peace. <laughs> That's what I was screaming. No climate, no peace. Dad, we're just trying to eat. I'm not No your climate, father. eat your peas. <laughs> but in the course of explaining to her the things that lead me to believe that there is no man-caused catastrophic climate change and it's a massive hoax from which people like Al Gore are greatly benefiting he's become some people by some estimates a billionaire yeah. the first ever environmental climate billionaire and and he continues to uh, uh to get ill-gotten booty from you know crying wolf from being chicken little saying the sky is falling almost literally in fact and during the course of that she thought i'd got a little intense and she's like well dad you, I, you don't have to yell oh i'm not yelling i'm just very intense about this i'm just i mean i'm passionate about it this is passionate speech you've never heard me yell if you think this is yelling it's not okay 
So I understand how things can become heated, but it would be nice if we could just, you know, relax a little bit and speak in calm tones with one another. And, even if it's uh, impassioned. Even if it's, it's okay. <clears throat> right. You can have impassioned chat. Right. That's all part of the deal. I, we all get it that. Is. It I doesn't think it mean is. that we hate each other, although that's the problem, right? It's, it's become that. Clearly. Everybody who is kicking people out of the restaurants or going into restaurants and yelling and screaming at them or booing them out of movie theaters, those are hateful acts. You hate Trump's guts. And if you're doing that, you hate the people that support Donald Trump, right? There's no other way to look at it as far as I'm concerned. If you're a bar owner in Chicago and you have said that anybody who comes into our bar wearing a Make America Great Again hat or T-shirt, you're not welcome here. Okay, well, that's just hatred. That's just hatred for people who support Trump. Yep. I mean, no matter what. I mean, we've talked about now where they're talking about twice in the past week, activists have posted information on employees of U.S. Immigration and Custom Enforcement Agency that carried out Trump's policy. So they're giving out information of just people that are working underneath Trump. In ICE, giving their personal information out and saying, here, go take care of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, go take care of these people. Go be at their house. Be with their family. Storm them in. There is That's- no reason for you to go to somebody's house. Ever. And protest them. Absolutely not. And what, frighten their children? Uh, scare them out of their minds? Uh, tramp all over their property? No. I, I draw the line of going to people's house. I think that that really sucks. And we've seen that a million times. We sure have. We saw that during the Occupy Wall Street movement. Yes, we did. And they're bringing back those ugly tactics. Remember when they showed up at the banker's house and the banker wasn't home, but his nine-year-old son or daughter was. And she was scared out of her mind. Calling 911, calling her parents, saying, please come home. I don't know what they're, there's 50 or 100 people outside yelling at us. Well, how can you live with yourself doing that to people? I mean, they, obviously, they were happy with it, though, right? They, oh, they, they loved it. You know, yeah, they, they thought it was great. They got what they wanted out of it. Thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, that was a dangerous movement. The Tea Party, uh, the Tea Party movement, never got to that stage, th- to my knowledge. I don't remember ever no. showing up at anybody's house and screaming <laughs> at Democrats or people who disagreed with them. That I, not one instance of that, as no, far as but, I know. But Pat, they they did uh, yell and holler at town halls. Yes, yes, they did. Okay. Yes, they did. So. That's that's very true. So there's that. But that's kind of where it's appropriate. At the town hall, not at a restaurant. That's where it's supposed to be. Not at a movie theater. That's what the whole thing is about. Not on their front lawn. Yeah. Just go to a town hall. Or how about this? Show up at a voting booth. And, uh, and state your case there through your vote. That's what you ought to be doing. And actually, Chuck Schumer made that point, which yes, is amazing. Did. Yes, he did. You know, I remember when five to 600,000 people showed up at our rally in Washington, D.C. in 2010. And they left that area. Not only did they not hassle anybody else who was there, and there were other people there protesting. Yeah. Not only were they left alone and, and not harassed or, or fights didn't erupt, there was no rioting involved. They actually left the Washington Mall cleaner than the way they found it. They picked up trash. They put away things in the garbage. Yeah. You ever seen uh, an Occupy Wall Street movement afterwards? What that place looks like? <laughs> so, 
you know, there's a right way to do this and there's a wrong way to do this. And right now, uh, these leftists are doing it the wrong way. And it's really getting ugly. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed. Coming up. Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Great to have you with us. 888-900-3393. Phone number. Or you could just, I mean, we'll you know, get you on Twitter at Pat Unleashed. We accept uh, smoke signals. Pretty much whatever. You know, carve something into a tablet. Deliver it to us. Uh, whatever. Sadly, we would we would actually like that. Yeah, it would be kind of cool. If you could carve we'll something into a tablet. Yeah, if you carve something into a tablet and bring it to the studio, I will display it. I pro- that's a promise. That's my personal guarantee. Uh, from Struggling Lumbee, uh, Pat didn't make his cruise. I knew he was going to try to saw that boat in half. I saw this boat in half. It's actually not what happened, but uh, um, th- thank you for remembering the... I saw this boat in half. Uh, audio, because that's one of my favorites, and I look for any excuse to play it. Uh, Rocky with an eye. I remember when World of Stew subjected himself. I think this was actually on. Uh, this was actually on the Glenn Beck radio program, wasn't it? Or maybe it was a TV program. I don't think this was World of Stew, but he subjected himself to torture with Ensure. You remember that? Oh no, that was the, that was the radio. That was radio. Yeah, that was radio. Uh, but Rocky with an eye says his screams of "It's too chocolatey" still haunt my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and mine too. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah, that was Glenbeck Radio because it, yeah. it was too dangerous. To I mean, he might have used it show. on World of Stew as well. I don't know. That's a pretty dangerous thing to do more pretty than Pretty dangerous, yes. But he may have used that clip on his show. It's possible. Because I don't, you wouldn't want to recreate no, that. No, the torture was, that. was too chocolatey. You wouldn't want to do that. From Misbehaved Methane, <laughs> that's from the, uh, the Mars story where they found... Uh, misbehaving methane or something. Do you remember that? Yes. A couple of weeks ago. Anyway, so he's now got that Twitter handle. Uh, didn't you know the White House press secretary? This is from uh, Chris, Chris Hayes, Hayes. Calling, calling Sarah Sanders one of the most powerful people in the world. Didn't you know the White House press secretary has the authority to declare war, Pat? <laughs> it's right there in the 28th Amendment. The most powerful, one of the most powerful people in the world. It's such a, and he says that with such a surety. Yes, he did. That was such great. certitude. Like everybody knows this. The White House press secretary, one of the most powerful people in the world. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> as far as I know, she didn't even have Secret Service assigned to her. Um, so, because I'm pretty sure if oh, she yeah. did, they wouldn't have allowed what went on to go on. Right. 
That's a great point because obviously she doesn't, right? No, she doesn't. No she's way. She's out with her family and friends, and she and they're no, unprotected. No they're all alone. Zero security for one of the most powerful people in the world. That normally doesn't happen if you're one of the most powerful. No, normally it doesn't in the world, and not since about 1864, actually, when one of the most actual powerful people in the world was shot in the head at a movie theater. Uh, then we thought, hey, you know what? Maybe we should protect these people a little bit better than that. Huh. <laughs> what a concept. Huh. It's amazing when you read or or watch uh, an accurate depiction of what went on in those days with the president of the United States and how little yeah. protected they were. It, there fast- was almost no protection. People, who was it that threw like a beer party on the White House lawn and people were coming and going in the White House, in and out of the door, people who, just the general population was there, going in and out, grabbing a beer, having a good time. It's like a barbecue on yeah, the yeah, White House. The story, was that? the story was that they were having, the party was in the White House, and he ended yeah. up pushing it out in the yard so everybody would leave the house. Right. 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 And you remember the, the Lincoln, the one Lincoln movie that had showed, uh, and I'm guessing that it was, you know, I know it's a movie, I got it, but no... No, uh, no joke on uh, documentaries here, but it's just uh, where they showed people would come and line up and first come, first serve to see the president. Yeah. If he was able to yeah. see you that day, they, they were, had things to talk to the president about. And I'm here to see the president. Yeah. In the 1800s, that could happen. And, and there, there was just no protection for the president. Almost none. Uh, pretty I mean, weird. Pretty fascinating. It, it's really fascinating. When you think about how we treat it today, where now when a president shows up, say in new york they close off the entire section of the city not just the building <laughs> or the room but you know let's say he's speaking in midtown manhattan at a hotel and let's use an example say like maybe i don't know three in the afternoon yeah let's say that and let's say that uh, he's in one room in one hotel they close off not just the room not just the hotel not just the block but the four city blocks around it huh. and not just from automobile traffic but from foot traffic, you can't even walk down the sidewalks. You got to go clear around. Well, my car's there. Eh, sorry, you're going to have to wait until the president's gone. What? <laughs> wait, <laughs> what? I can't go get my car out of the parking garage? My car is there. No, not until the uh, president's gone. That's a problem. Good heavens. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. I mean, we so, can't even look. We've we've shut down mm-hmm. airspace, right? You can't even yeah. you can't even fly. Right, that is true. And I, you know, I, I get it. I, look, I understand that the president needs security I, completely. Oh, absolutely. I'm not making light of the security mm-hmm. for the president. I absolutely believe they should they should get it. But there is a point at which you say, okay, yeah, and it's just interesting how we treat it today compared to 150 years ago. And you would say, well, we should, but and you're right, we should. They should have had more protection for the president. I don't know. In 1864, really yeah. comes to mind. <laughs> yes. um, so. Why does that date keep coming up? <laughs> I don't why know. Stop? I don't know why. Seems just, like something happened. Like a reoccurring then, thing. I don't know. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Was it sixty? Maybe it was sixty five. Because he went through the entire. Yeah, he because he went through his in, entire first term was elected to a second term. And I think it was starting to serve the second term. So maybe it was 1865. I should be referencing. Can you see it there? Yeah, 65. 65. Yeah. My God, I knew you. All right? I mean, I, that I, is I ridiculous <laughs> that I was saying 64 for a while. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, what an idiot. What a buffoon. Uh, Mark in California. Hi, you're on the blaze. 
How are you doing? I had Good. a quick comment to Jeffy and about his love of ice cream. One thing mm-hmm. I want to let Jeffy know yes. is he has to realize the main ingredient in ice cream is milk. Milk is produced by cows. And cow's excessive flatulence is one of the reasons mm. for global warming. Wow. And also realize that people that eat ice cream who are lactose intolerant probably have excessive flatulence. So I <laughs> may go to Jeffy's house with a sign that says, please save the environment, stop eating ice cream. That's the one place wow. where I support someone going to a house and protesting somebody else. Really? <laughs> yes. Yes. But you just said you. you've you got just, my full support, Mark. You Thank just you. said a Thanks few minutes call. ago that right. you didn't well, want people to show and, up. But then but... he he talked about the one exception and so <laughs> I've got got to make that one exception. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I love this story. Laura Ingalls Wilder, an actual person. She's not just a fictional character in Little House on the Prairie. She, a, a real person who wrote the story about her life. I, I, I don't know if it's loosely based or it was exactly as it occurred. But uh, her name is about to be removed from a major children's book award after concerns were raised about the Little House on the Prairie author's depiction of certain races in the early to mid 20th century. Uh, horrific. Early to mid 20th century? Horrific. Um, it's got to be the early to mid nineteenth century, century right? right? So I think I think they got that wrong. The nineteenth century was the eighteen hundreds. Well, the first award the was 20th. given in fifty four. Oh, okay, they're talking about the nineteenth century award, not yes. the fact that she was alive in the nineteenth century or writing these things then. Well, but, no, it was given to her in fifty four, right? She was. She was still alive one. in fifty four. Yeah, was she really? Right. Wow! The little house on the, but the little okay. house on the prairie was written. I mean, I don't know how old when she was. When was that written? Let's uh, let's look at that. Look that one up. When was little house on the prairie oh. written, Jeffy? Let's see how fast you can find that information. <laughs> Since we're off on another tangent, see how many tangents we can get off on today. Uh, the book series uh, about uh, adolescence in uh-huh. 1870 and 1894. Okay. But she, adaptations of 74 doesn't say when it was written. Oh, 30s. In the 30s. 1930s? Yeah. Okay. So they are right. 20th century. Okay. The Association of Library Service to Children's Board voted unanimously this last Saturday to rename the Laura Ingalls Wilder Award as the Children's Literature Legacy Award. Why? Uh, because um, she said things that are uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, she wrote in today's world. In today's world, she should have known Not then. that one day these things would be considered right. uncomfortable. Uh, she's best known for Little House on the Prairie novels, obviously, which the ALSC has stated includes expressions of stereotypical attitudes inconsistent with ALC, ALSC's core values based on Wilder's portrayal of black people and Native Americans. I, what specifically are they talking about? I'd like to know. What What is the specific phrase or word? Because if she used the, the N-word, that's what they would say, right? They, uh-huh. That she used racial epitaph. But I don't think she did anything of the kind, in, to my knowledge. They, they included many stereotypical and reductive depictions of Native Americans and people of color. 
I, uh, you know, applying these 21st century ridiculous just, PC standards to 1930 is... Uh, no, you're speaking uh, before you know here. Okay. okay. All right. She described one setting as oh, a no. place Wait, where... Should, should we remove small children from the room first? I mean, it's history. I, they, they might need no, to know. No, they don't need to know. No. All children under the age of 26 need to leave the room right now. All right, we'll give you a second. All right, time's up. Wilder described one setting as a place where... If you're still on your parents' if you're still on your parents' insurance from Obamacare, you must leave the room. Okay, go ahead. All go right. ahead, Jeffy. Let's describe... The, Look, this is from the 1930s. Again, I've warned you three times now. All children, 26 and under, must now leave the room. Okay, This is a 1935 Little House on the Prairie. This yeah. may be too harsh for people over the age of 26. Just be prepared. <laughs> she described one setting. What as- you should probably do is be seated right now and put your head between your knees or get a paper bag and put it over your mouth and nose and breathe into that for a while. All right, go ahead, Jeffy. To describe what, what I'm saying is, this could be so powerful and so apprehensible. That's pretty bad. Reprehensible pretty bad. and apprehensible that you completely pass out. It's pretty bad. It'll, it'll, right. it'll change the tide of what side you're on. Okay, right? I'm ready now to receive. She this. wrote. <laughs> she described in one setting in in, in her book mm-hmm. there there were no people, only Indians lived there. <laughs> okay, that is. Uh, there were no people. There were no people. Only, only Indians Indi- lived there. So obviously, she was saying Indians weren't people, or was she? She meant no. white people, probably, or I don't know. It's nineteen. Again, it's in the thirties, right? First. And it's hard to imagine what was in her head. She grew up in the eighteen seventies or whatever, right? Well, this well, this was this was when this novel these novels took place. Yeah, in the eighteen seventies, right? You know, so right. Yes, it's look. There were no people there. Only Indians lived there. <laughs> it doesn't. I don't. <laughs> that think, that sounds bad today. Does it? Yes. Oh, no, yeah, stop. that does sound bad today. No. Would I change well, I the so name lucky of the, the award? Kids left the room. I know, but I would not change the name of the war the award for because everybody knows it was a different time. Okay. Nobody would use that phrase now because they know better and they're thinking about that all the time. They right. weren't then. Right. Right. It was just, look, she didn't mean that. I, I, Hopefully I see, I she think, didn't mean I don't that think Indians, she meant Indians weren't, people. weren't people. Right. She was just saying that, you know, society wasn't there. Plus, here's the thing Indians aren't Indians. Okay. They are wait, Native Americans. Wait. <laughs> so that wait. alone. That alone was inappropriate. Am I right? Okay. Who's with me on that? I mean, <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Okay? Now, the association, which took the vote at its board meeting in New Orleans, said the vote to change the name from Laura Ingram, or Laura Engels Laura Wilder to the Children's Literature Legacy Award. It was greeted by a standing ovation yeah. by the audience in attendance. God. That's where we are today. It sure is. That's where we are. Now read the line again, and let's 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 see what people think. Is this outrageous? Should is it worth changing the name of the award? She described one setting as a place where there were no people; only Indians lived there. Okay, so you be the judge. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Get to your call in a sec. Uh, more Pat Grand Leashed is inevitable. 
Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. And thank you for being here as well. 888 Uh So we're, we're talking about Laura Ingalls Wilder's stereotypical <laughs> attitudes in her books. All time off to is nothing but Laura Ingalls Wilder, Little House Talk. It's fascinating because it is. She the books are based on her childhood moving around the Great Plains. Right, she was in born, the 19th century. She was born in 1867. So the book takes place. The books take place from what the 1870s to yes. the 1890s ish. So, but I can't like okay. So the the only thing that they give as an example is that mm-hmm. there were no people; only Indians lived there. But they also talk about uh, multiple characters in tone that the only good Indian is a dead Indian. But she never said that. They never said it. They're just taking that from the – they don't say anything else about – they also talk about – But think about this. Anti-native and anti-black sentiments. But think about this. If she lived out on the prairie and the white race was at war with Native Americans at the time, and we we were. Uh, her family may have been attacked on occasion. That would change your you know your impression is going to be a little bit different. That's had. That's I mean, had. Of course, those things weren't happening in 1930 or 1950 or 2018. But in 1875, yeah, there were some issues at the time. Uh, we weren't getting along all that well. So, yeah, your perspective would be a little bit different. But it's amazing how we apply everything that is rational and believed today and expect people from 200, 300, 1,000 years ago to have felt the same things that we do now. And instead of using, instead of using the, uh, the work to provide... Uh, a context of in history how things have changed. and what we've come to right. and what's happened and how that what benefited us mm-hmm. to bringing us today. Mm-hmm. Let's get rid of it. I mean, uh, uh, another good indication of how ridiculous we are now is this uh, Fox News contributor, David Bossy. Uh, check this out. He's talking. He's talking here on Fox News. Was this yesterday or the day before? It was yesterday. Uh He's calling out a Democratic strategist, Joel Payne, and Joel Payne is uh, black. And here's here's the first part of this conversation. Fox News contributor, author of Let Trump Be Trump, David Bossie, and Democratic strategist, Joel Payne. Good morning to you both. Good, Good morning. morning. David, I remember maybe a yeah, simpler time yesterday. in American politics where the term Nazi was not thrown around like this. Yeah, this is uh, quite honestly disgusting. The left has lost their minds. When you used to use the word uh, Hitler in comparison in politics or Nazis in politics, you got run out of the public square and you got run out for a reason. There's no place for it. You're demeaning what happened in World War II to the the world and to the Jewish people. The Holocaust was real and these Mm -hmm. people have lost their ever-picking minds. 
Okay, so they're, they're, they've lost their ever pick in mind. Uh, then, I'm afraid, David Bossy goes a little bit further uh, in this particular clip. Michael Hayden posted a picture of Auschwitz. Donnie yeah, that, Deutsch that liberal, is talking. That liberal look, Michael Hayden. Yeah, look, that, that look, screaming liberal your, Michael you're, Hayden. You're out of your cotton picking mind. Cotton picking mind? You, Brother, you guys, let me tell you, you guys, something. You guys, let me tell you, are, you something. Guys are, are I got some. I got some. All right. I, got, I got some relatives. This is who this cotton. is ridiculous. Okay. This is ridiculous. Allow you, you guys to want to like that on TV. I, I, I'm, I'm not out of my mind. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. She said you're out of your mind, gentlemen. We're going to leave it right there. This is ridiculous. This is what's gone on in America. This is what we're about. Yep. Yep. That's what we're about. That is what we're about. I mean, out of your cotton picking mind, in this day and age, first of all, nobody says it. Right. But if you did say it. People used to say it all the time. It had nothing to do by then with slavery. You weren't talking about slaves when you said you're out of your cotton picking mind. It was just and an expression people threw around. I don't think they even considered what was behind that expression. I, I certainly didn't. I can tell you this Dingleberry didn't who was saying it because he also said ever loving and out of your mind. I mean, he said two or three and different ones along ever the picking way. Yeah. And yes, yes. So, I mean, I don't know who David Bossy is. I, I, I don't know that I've ever seen him on Fox News before, but I, they suspended him or something? Yeah, as far they? as I know, my understanding fired is, is him? that, I don't know. No, that he, he, got, uh, he was suspended for a couple weeks, and they, uh, they apologized. I mean, oh, they've been gosh. over backwards to apologize and say that this <laughs> did not represent well, he had relatives any of this. Who picked cotton? Um, um, so, well, he said that. Right? Yeah, he, he did say that. So, uh, you know, you can't attack people on TV like that. Clearly. So if you're out of your cotton picking mind and one of your relatives actually picked cotton, what are you saying about that person? (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) I I honestly don't know why that. uh, I mean, there's white people that pick cotton still, too. Yeah, to this day. Right? To this day. But look, they even, look, he even backed up. I mean, he, he, they may, you know, he, Tweeted his, I should have used a, yes. I shouldn't have used the offensive phrase. Right. And I'm sorry. And so, you know. He and you did, can't even defend yourself saying, I, I wasn't even thinking about it in that way. It's just, to me, it's oh, just an expression. You even, oh, that's, that's okay. the ingrained racism. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So that's in your DNA then, yep. huh, Mr. White Man? That's exactly what it is. So he's been, they suspended him Jeez. for two weeks. Uh, from Fox News. You, cotton, uh, out of your cotton picking mind means the exact same thing as out of your ever loving mind. Sure does. The, they're interchangeable to any normal American. They mean exactly the same thing, and neither one of them has anything to do with slavery. Oh, I'm out of my ever loving mind. What, so so you he's mean, not a normal American uh, now all of a sudden. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> So there's no winning. There's, there is no not, winning. No. And you can say you're sorry all you want. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Doesn't matter. And it'll be interesting to see because a lot of times guys when, uh, that have this happen, uh, they're suspended at first and then a day or two later, yeah, we're not, they're not ever coming back. They've been fired. Yeah. Never mind. It'll be interesting to see if that's what happens here. I mean, he didn't seem to be, look, he's probably a good guy. I don't know. I've never seen him before either. So I don't know how much, what kind of deal he has with Fox. Um, but he didn't appear to be, uh, you know, that's what they want, I guess, the talking heads to, uh, you know, argue with each other. But mm-hmm. it's so boring. It is. To, yeah, I don't like it either. It's so boring. I don't like it. 
This, this here's the guy on the right. Here's the guy on the left. We're gonna. He's gonna say something mm-hmm. to make me mad. I'm gonna say something to make him mad. We'll get the facts right, mm-hmm. and hopefully, I can get somebody to say that he's out of his cotton picking mind. So and somebody then, will know that my TV show exists. Right. Somebody will say uh, cotton picking mind. Somebody else will say uh, there's a chink in your armor. Uh, right. Who, who knows what's gonna happen there? <laughs> right. I, and nobody means anything by any of it. Uh, nope. Certainly nothing racist. And look, and look, uh, barely. I, I looked at the ratings. There were no people there. Not even Indians were watching. Oh, wait. <laughs> did, oh, I can't say that either. Never mind. <laughs> so okay, bad. That one is, that so is offensive, though. Okay. In this day and age, as we're looking at things yes, today it is. Through, through 2018 through our, eyes. Through our lenses today. That yes, is offensive. Is. I, 100%. And everybody knows it's offensive. But in 1930, I don't know. Did a 65-year-old woman know it was offensive in 1930? I don't know. Probably not. I, I don't know. Most people weren't offended by it. I don't know if Indians were even offended by it. Native Americans. Who knows? Probably, probably not probably then. Probably not. Because it didn't mean... I still take that it doesn't. She didn't mean that Indians, Indians aren't weren't people. people. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably true, but we'll never know because she's she. We lost her. So what? We lost her. Yeah, she, Laura mm-hmm, Eggles mm-hmm. Wilder. Yeah, we lost her. Like I mean, you could have sixty years ago. So could have broke. Oh, they don't have to. Break uh, she's it, that she's sick. She's really old. She oh, is? she's gone. Yeah, we lost her. Well, yeah. See, that made it better. Now, okay, feel good. <laughs> Triple eight. Really? No, she's gone. <laughs> Triple eight, nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns on Tri- the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh Alan in Oklahoma, you're on the Blaze. Yeah. Yeah, Pat, you were talking about the uh, uh Lincoln and uh people being able to just come in and see the president anytime they wanted to. Yeah. I was wondering if you knew what Lincoln's last official act was before he went to Ford's Theater the night he was assassinated. I don't think so. He signed the executive order creating the Secret Service. Oh, wow. Wow. Is yeah, that true? To be, fair, uh-huh. to be fair, the purpose for the Secret Service at that time was to combat counterfeiting. But still, that was the last thing he did. That's interesting. Uh, wow. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Alan. We'll have to look at it and I make thought, sure that's I thought absolutely was, I, thought, true. I was waiting for the joke. I was, too, <laughs> actually. I thought there was a punchline, well, exactly but apparently not. Right. I know. Uh, have you looked to see if that's? Yeah, we'll we'll look into that. It seems to I got be no true. reason to doubt him. Yeah, it seems to be true. Lincoln created the Secret Service the day he was shot. That's amazing. How ironic. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, this week is the anniversary of the first ever Consumer Electronics Show. In nineteen sixty seven was the first ever Consumer Electronics Show. This week started you know started yesterday and, and through, went throughout the week. Fifty one years ago, think those about, must have been boring uh, products. What? What I mean at what, the Consumer Electronics Show? Yeah, boring products. Uh huh. You know, 
again, my friend. You need to think again. Like right? what? What amazing products you, were presented? In here's what they were displaying. Okay. Okay. And we we got exhibitors. Uh, their products were on display, and they were. This was the first time, and they were all excited because they got mm-hmm. dealers and distributors a chance to buy their products, and they really needed the brick and mortar stores. And some of the other big stores to buy their products to get it out there to people, and they had color television sets. Ooh, you wanna, okay, thank you. Wow, they had portable TVs, color and black and white. No, they had hi-fi and stereo components. Not hi-fi. Come yes, on now. Yes, they had console <laughs> hi-fi centers. Mm. They had uh, table and portable AM radios. No way. Auto radios. Okay. FM radios of all kinds. FM radios? FM radios of all kinds. CB wow. walkie-talkies. CBs. Oh, jeez. Record players and a changers. No. Tape recorders. Where you could play more than one record Just, at a time. <laughs> You're like, you could put them on that little yeah. spindle, and then you could the bring the down. arm over, and it comes up and drops it. Oh man! And then it scratches everything it was so underneath. Good for, it. Yeah, it was so good for the forty fives. So underneath. good for them. Yeah. Uh, uh, they had uh, tape recorders. They had tape recorders. Wow. Cartridge tape machines. This is too exciting. Nineteen sixty-seven. I was completely wrong. These are great products. Vi- uh, great video products. tape recorders. Okay. VTRs. <laughs> they had shortwave receivers. Yeah, uh-huh. and they had electronic organs, and I'm not sure what organs they're talking <laughs> electronic about. Electronic organs, and I'm not sure what organs they're talking about. To be honest <laughs> with you, so. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I mean, think. I mean, you want to talk about how far we've come? That was 50 years ago. It's incredible. Wow, it's uh, incredible. Where it, we really don't use any of those things anymore. Not a single thing. I mean, I mean, I still have uh, you know a hi-fi center. You do? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, you can't you can't have a house without a console hi-fi center. Actually, you can. I, I don't have one of those anymore. But uh, yeah, it slides we open. Just, and the speakers. And my, you have the turntable and the TV. And the, from the ah. house I grew up in, uh, where my mom lived until uh, last year when she died, uh, we had a, one of those huge yeah. Magnavox yeah. consoles. And it was, you know, just a really nice looking piece of furniture. And she oh, just left were, it there. Yeah, those were great. Until I think we finally, she just finally decided she didn't want it anymore like three years ago. And we took it to the local landfill uh, on the mean streets in Helena. And uh, Wait, was it too dangerous to have a yard well, sale at the mean street? car was or? riddled with bullets just trying to get to the landfill. So, yeah, we, we're not going to, what, are we going to subject ourselves to drive-by shootings all day? No. <laughs> No, thank you, my friend. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. You don't understand how mean those mean <laughs> no, streets no, I do are. Not. And that's, I already apologize. Dang mean. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, I can remember um, the the old big consoles like that. That uh, you got you the know, big knob to, and you and spin forever, it down. And, forever, people. Uh, you know, that, since they they wouldn't work, or the turntable mm-hmm. stopped, or the television stopped, but the radio still worked. And the the, right. the turntable would still work if you wanted to listen to a record player. So your uh, you know they everybody would set a TV up on it, mm-hmm. and then your TV sat up on top of it. Now the one in the you know the one in <laughs> yeah. the middle doesn't work, but you got a TV up on top. Of it. Yep, nothing works underneath, so yeah. you can but slide nice, the lid open. Tell me that's not a nice piece of furniture. But it's a, it's a great. I can set the TV up there, and I can see it. It's, it's eye level to the tilt back. Okay, <laughs> so it's perfect. 
And uh, I mean, those were those were some big pieces of furniture oh. that lasted a long time. And they weighed like nine thousand oh, yeah. pounds. Oh yeah, they weighed a ton. Nine thousand. You had to get them into your house with a crane because they were really heavy. <laughs> those bad boys were heavy. That was no joke. And some of them, ours didn't because we weren't that advanced. Uh, had eight track players in them. Yeah, the newer ones. Yeah, the newer ones. <laughs> yeah. Too. I mean, some. Of, I had. Uh, we had one that was uh, a quadraphonic. Quadraphonic so don't sound. Even, don't even start with wow. the, with, with this hi-fi stuff. Okay. <laughs> I don't even want to hear I about that. I think Quadraphonic replaced Hi-Fi, didn't it? Uh, for a while. <laughs> this is so good. So the whole the whole system with the with the force. Man, we, oh, we have come a long we way. We sure have. In a short amount of we time. Sure, I, have a, I have a Bose radio that sounds better than that Quadraphonic system oh, my, I had. By far. We went to, I bought an old piece of equipment because uh, I've got all kinds of old tapes you know on the reel to reels i know I'd... so we found i found this uh antique shop where we went and bought a an old reel to reel oh, nice. uh machine so i could listen to those again and maybe we're going to convert some of them uh some of the tapes from uh when glenn and i were together in baltimore and uh, back east uh and don't get those days back and bring those back and maybe you know do something with them on facebook and and uh and maybe do some throwback thursdays with what we used to sound like that'd be fun yeah and it'll be fun yeah uh but they had these gigantic speakers in there (laughs) and i mean they were life-size they were man-sized speakers six feet high in some cases and you know they want they still want thousands of dollars for them uh, but they don't sound as good as the little teeny cube speakers i've got a hundred dollars i've got a hundred dollars uh circle (laughs) speaker that i've can wi-fi to my phone mm-hmm. it sounds tremendous in the house. way better than those yes. gigantic speakers yes it, it really is incredible how far we've come in such a short amount of time it sure is we forget it sometimes i mean when you used to watch tv those of us who are our age or around that remember the fbi in color like that was a big deal where they set it on the yeah, show they made a big every deal, yeah. single week yeah, they made the a big fbi deal. In color. Heflum Zibliss Jr. In color? Well, yeah. why wouldn't it be, would be your question today. Yeah, in living color. Uh, so, and, and then there was Technicolor and yeah. uh, Plexicolor and all kinds of different colors. And then pretty soon it, it was so normal that everything was in color, they stopped saying it finally. For those of you that were here uh, for the museum tour, and, and uh, uh, I know Pat was on his way to the cruise that never happened, mm-hmm. but uh, we did, there's a, the one camera that's been here in this building forever, uh, and there's pictures of it around uh, in this building, and it's, a, it's an old NBC camera that's on three big legs. It's about five feet high, and it's mm-hmm. long. And it, uh, Gigantic. We found, well, you know what? That was actually... Uh, that's one of the last portable cameras that they had. Really? That's what they used to take on the road. Jeez. Report. I mean, that, my, you know, everybody. Wow. Everybody's now. I've got my phone. <laughs> Takes just as good a picture as that thing did. Oh, better. <laughs> better by far. There's more computing power in this, in your little phone here from Samsung, or if you've got an iPhone, Whatever. than there was in what took man to the moon. Think of that. I mean, oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
I mean, it's, it's I know incredible. We're, you know, we're kind of making fun of the 67 uh, Consumer Electronics Show, but I wasn't making fun of it. I'm just showing you how far we've come. Yeah. I mean, because at that time, that was tremendous. It's, it's incredible. They, yeah. were, they, were, they, were, they were excited. Well, I remember when we had our first VCR in the early 80s, we were oh, my thrilled gosh. with that. I mean, oh, we thought gosh. that was, man, this is something else. What are they going to think of next? Do you remember- we could actually tape a show and watch it later? No. Yeah. Uh, we take videos with of this handheld Samsung phone I have. Uh-huh. Take videos with it. Remember, do you remember the first video uh, machines that used to look like television cameras? Only they were just they were big. Mm-hmm. They just sit on your shoulder and oh, yeah. you film the family with those. I can remember mm-hmm. thinking, I've found a way that I can plug the VHS tape from Blockbuster into the machine, into the video recorder. And play it through the VCR, and where it won't let any other machine record the movie, <laughs> I can record it. I can make illegal Impressive. copies. That's incredible. Huh? Yeah. So right? all you gotta do is run it once, and then that movie is yours. Man. Good to know that you used uh, new technology to do illegal things. Uh, uh, no, I wasn't. That I wouldn't, probably shouldn't I wouldn't surprise say that. anybody. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> it probably. I would. It, that's illegal. Flat yeah, out illegal. I just, I just what found you just a way described. to use it to uh-huh. Uh-huh. to bypass some <laughs> the home security. <laughs> to bypass paying for something that you were supposed to pay for so that you could steal it. Yeah. Well, okay. that's harsh. That's harsh. <laughs> you know, the, the reel-to-reel machine I, I, I have now is, I, I mean, I'm thinking about how we just use, it's like, it wasn't. 1860 when no, we used that. No, it was not. It was the early 1990s yeah. when we were still using that. And that went away so fast and, and was replaced by other things so quickly. And the things that replaced it have been replaced. replaced. Already, and the things gone. that replaced that have been replaced. Already gone. We had, Just I mean, incredible. When we started, when, incredible. When Glenn started doing, when we started doing talk with Glenn in Tampa, we had already got, gotten, we weren't using the reel-to-reels anymore, but the reel-to-reel machines were still there. In the studios. Yeah. So, I mean, you still used but them as speakers. It was shortly after that, though, that they that. stopped, that they weren't in the station at all. Yeah, they were just gone. Re- they just disappeared. You couldn't and, find and a reel-to-reel machine. For a while, it was like, well, I know you guys took all those machines to the, uh, to the, they took uh, all the engineers. If you want to know where engineers take stuff, they take it out to the tower buildings. <laughs> Because then it stays out there for a little while, and then uh-huh. it can, then it can, and then it winds up at their house. Correct. Uh-huh. That's how things work in radio. Uh-huh. And uh, it's out at the tower building. I get it for you. <laughs> and uh, uh, and but, then it never seems to be gotten for you. Oh no! They, sometimes they can get it, even if you really if they needed it. Because like mm-hmm. we, you know, the cart machines and the reel to reels, we found like that we had some audio that we still wanted to use. That the only way we had it mm-hmm. was on those machines, right? There yeah. was no, I mean, there's no other way. It was already long gone from wherever you could get it from. And so they had to go back and, you know, reinstall some of the old. Uh, but you can hear the difference so bad. You can hear the, the tape. Oh, oh my. And the, the dust and the noise. It's really bad. <laughs> yes. It's really bad. Even as a deaf. Well, the know, analog recordings obviously aren't going to sound as good as digital ones. Right. Although there are people that disagree with that. And well, that's they like why, it. That's why. There's kind of a retro movement yes, to bring back albums. It. I know. My son wants to. I've got, a, 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 you know, the album thing. I'm like, why? I know. Why? You're going to get the scratchy sound. Some people like that. Uh, and that's what they like, right? That's, yeah, the, retro, the retro is seeing, yeah, that's real. That's We're vinyl. Keeping it real that's, okay. all up in here. Are you? Uh-huh. Are you? Okay. <laughs>
Man, do we sound like two old farts just reminiscing about the old times. I wasn't reminiscing. I was just saying the way it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> Remember back in the day we had real to real machines? Jeffy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. My bursitis is kicking in. <laughs> tell you one thing we had was there weren't any Indians there. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Laura Angles. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, more Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Is here. 888-900-3393. Or at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, Snarky McSnarkface Q10 <laughs> tweets, uh, but Pat, voters can't voice their displeasure of politicians inside the voting booth. There are no cameras or media inside the voting booth, you silly rational man. Yeah, we were Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly I mean they yeah, they want to make they want to make a big deal out of everything, and they want publicity doing it. Inconvenient right. Poot says, uh, hey, Pat, Chris Chris Hayes got the Speaker of the House confused with the Speaker of the White House. Simple mistake. <laughs> Calling uh, Sarah Sanders one of the most powerful people in the world. That's great. Ridiculous is that for the I White mean, House spokesperson. He, that wasn't a joke <laughs> from him either. Oh, not at all. Oh, he was dead serious. Yeah, that was, he was right on serious, man. Like that's, dead serious like, on that. This is Sarah is one of the most powerful. I, people. I thought he was making a brilliant point. <laughs> he did. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's a free in a free society. You, you got to be able to speak truth to power, and she's one of the most powerful people on earth. <laughs> Is she? She's the speaker hmm. of the. Wow. In front of the press. She doesn't make policy. She doesn't write legislation. She's not even really an advisor to the president. Hmm. She answers questions, though, from the reporters. That's not a position of power. Okay. Oof, but that, that right there makes her powerful. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they'll say because she can lie to the American people every day. That's what they'll. T- uh, that's what makes her so no. powerful. Um, apparently, <clears throat> the immigration situation and the migrant situation in Mexico is not an issue at all in their big upcoming presidential election. They've got this big election coming up on Sunday where they're selecting a new president. And as they go to the place their ballots on Sunday, uh, nobody's even talking about the immigration situation. That's part of the problem in, in Mexico. They don't They don't care about it. You know, that one million, two million people from their country every year try to get into the United States. The fact that they did a poll a few years ago, I'll never forget this. There's 110 million people or so in Mexico. 35% of them wanted to come to the United States, according to the poll. 35%. You're talking about 40 million people. 45 million people. That's phenomenal. And we're supposed to just open up our border and let them all come. Okay. Um, How are we going to deal with that if we do that? But anyway, they're not concerned with what's going on or, I guess, making their country better 
so that maybe people would want to stay there, so that maybe people could stay there and make a living there in Mexico. And by the way, why is that not the focus of anyone here? Any of our politicians saying, hey, Mexico, get your crap together so that maybe your own people can stay in their own country. How would that be? Maybe you make that a livable space. I don't know. Is that too much of a a complicated uh, thought process? Apparently it is. Uh, Yeah, I believe that it is. (laughs) There was one story I read, and I was just looking to see if I could find which candidate it was that's running for president in Mexico, that the headline was when they first started running that he was going to, uh, if he were to win, he was going to uh, make it uh, easier for people to come into the United States from Mexico. Yeah, that's the one campaign pledge that they continue continue to make to the the people of Mexico. Yeah, we'll make it easier to sneak into somebody else's country. What the hell? What, what, are, what are you talking about? <laughs> what nation on earth can get away with that? Can you imagine if an American presidential candidate said, we're going to make it easier for American citizens to sneak into Canada uh, illegally? What? what? Wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Well, first, I mean, the first uh, okay. would be, excuse me, why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are things so bad here that we got to go to Canada? <laughs> no, we just feel like we need to be able to make it available to people. <laughs> we need to be able to make it available. More people need to be able to go to Canada if they want to and, and sneak in. And the reason that this, uh, you know, the migrant south of their border it's not even an issue for them for the hondurans and the guatemalans that are coming across their southern border uh why are they not talking about that even because they know that mexico's not their final destination right the united states is well even even so they don't care about that anymore either just get on that train and and move through our country they have, whatever they have their permission right i mean that's right. what that's what what's his face was saying uh, without unless they have permission uh we send back them if you if you're but if this is not your destination it's fine that you oh, can just through. pass through mexico into the u.s oh you want to sneak into the u.s oh go ahead mm-hmm. you're fine yep uh but according to a political political analyst uh in mexico city at their uh side university he said, at the end of the day, Mexican voters are worried about our own problems, corruption, violence, and the economy. Now, uh, those are some serious, serious problems in Mexico. Um, the problem they have with murder, the murder rate in Mexico is unreal. Uh, we had this story a few weeks ago that 113 politicians had been killed in this election cycle. Look at that. I mean, it was like 13 mayors in one city had been had been murdered. The story today ties in with that with historic levels of violent crime in Mexico. They've got a, they've sparked a record increase in the country's uh, car armoring business. So uh, all these cars, uh, they're making more bulletproof armored cars, cars than ever. Yeah. So that they're not subject to the, drive-by all shootings. violent crime. Yeah. Amazing. I and mean, what that's what you're going to do if the if. The violence is so out of control, you're going to try to take it into your own hands and and make you and your family safer with measures like this, if you can afford it, right? I mean... 25,000 murders across Mexico last year. 25,000 in a country of 110 million. What was our... uh, uh, We should look at our murder rate. Eliminate suicides, and I'll bet that's higher than, than the number of murders we had in the United States. If you take out suicides, 
Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what they're basing, you know, where they got 25,000. That is crazy. And the corruption, uh, you know, with so many political figures on the take, um, with drug cartels uh, buying off large sections of the army. Remember back in uh, the early 2000s when they sent federal troops into northern Mexico to try to get a grip on some of the violence that was going on, some of the murder that was going on to combat the drug cartels. Drug cartels just bought more than half of the army that came up there. 4,000 troops. I think they had 2,700 of them that they put on their payroll. <laughs> so formerly federal troops, now they're, uh, they're under the control of the drug cartels. So in 2015, uh, you got uh, 15,399 murders in the U.S. How many? Uh, 15,000, 15,000 and a half murders in the U.S. 15,000, and it's 25,000 in Mexico? According to this story. I Think of that. But I don't know the total. In a country three. They're, they're saying murders. So. Three times the population, and they had 10,000 more murders. <laughs> We've got three times the population, so they have one-third the population, and 10,000 more murders than we had. That is crazy. Yes, it is. Wow. What is that, an 80% increase from the U.S.? Uh, amazing. 888 More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. On the Blaze Radio Network. Wonderful, wonderful news to share with you. It's great. You're going to be excited. I am. Even though you may not like the man himself because of his politics. But uh, Chuck Schumer has... You have another Chuck Schumer story that you like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you and Chuck might as well just get I together know, right? and have dinner or something. Right? Uh, we've got a lot going on uh, that we are just really happy about <laughs> right now. He used the occasion of Sunday's New York City Pride Parade. Yeah, well, I bet he, I bet he didn't eat Chick Fil A. No, of course not. Good heavens, no. He he announced that his daughter Allison will be marrying her fiance Elizabeth on November eighteenth. Isn't that wonderful? He just announced that his daughter is marrying another woman, and that's that's just that's wonderful. But I you, couldn't be happier. For, you don't sound like you're I, I am. How is this not the sound of a happy person? I am. Ex- I am ecstatic for them for the for the whole Schumer family. This is <laughs> you wonderful. Don't, you you're 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 intoning. No, you're even tone no, no, that, uh, no. Don't you dare cast aspersions on my tone here. I am thrilled. Uh, That's not what I. The senator said, "Marching in the New York City Pride Parade has special meaning this year, See? as I'm marching with my daughter Allison and her wonderful fiance." Biz. 
What's the fiance's name? Biz. Biz. Biz? Like B-I-Z? Well, her name is actually Elizabeth, but apparently they call oh, her Biz. 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 So that's... Don't you dare call her Elizabeth it's either. adorable. Allison's 29. Uh, she's an executive at Facebook. That's kind of cool. Wow. Um, and Elizabeth huh. Wyland's So look at this straight. Chuck Schumer's daughter... Right. ...is an executive... At Facebook. At Facebook. What a surprise. Huh. And then her fiancé, Biz... Does it uh, say what, what Biz does? She's in her second year of an MBA program at Columbia, so she's an accomplished young woman herself. Well, that not is really. Wonderful. I mean, she's just going to school. She's like an well, she's going to school in an Ivy League school. school. Columbia, pretty darn nice. Where's that money coming from? From, con- from Biz. Congratulations. I don't know where Biz is getting her money, but maybe she's got a nice scholarship. Congratulations to the entire Schumer family and to Biz's family as well. I, I wouldn't slight them in the least just because she's not the daughter of a senator so that's wonderful also even better news perhaps cynthia nixon who is running for governor of the great state of new york against uh, uh she's, cuomo. Uh, she's coming up on the, the the heels of cuomo too oh she's nipping right at she's I mean, only like 35 points behind she's right there dangerous right there right there <laughs> She is so dangerously close. But she gets, she's getting all kinds of press, man. I mean, as bad, they as, love her. as bad as Cuomo is, and he's horrible, Cynthia Nixon would be Oof. a disaster for New York. Oh, my gosh. This person. Is, her and de Blasio? Oh, good gosh. Oh, I mean, my gosh. She's essentially a communist. Um, and uh, she, you know, she's fresh off her... Well, I don't. I don't know how fresh no, it is when this series has run for what twenty years. No, and they've had a few movies. They've had two or three movies. I think two. Sex in the City is what yeah. we're talking about. If you're not familiar with Cynthia, and they just canceled the last. They were gonna. There was word. There was word on the street path that they were going to make another one. Oh, and then that just got canceled. Oh no! I know. No, no, don't say I that. Know. Don't say that. I don't think schedules. There were too many conflicting schedules. And oh, don't say that. I know. That's so disappointing. It sure is. Do you know I've never you watched, watched any? I've never watched one second <laughs> just gonna of any ah, sex in the movie incarnation. I have been forced to watch every one of those. Honestly, absolutely, absolutely. Amber's forced. a fan of. Sex oh in the my City. god, yes, and the movies and the show. Oh HBO. my. Yes, when it was wow. when it was brand new, we'd watch it. We'd, and, and you know, look, I I suffered through. Oof. I suffered through. You just other sometimes you just look and don't listen, and it makes the show worthwhile. Okay, all right. <clears throat> as long as you don't listen, I, you're good. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. So the former Sex in the City star, who is now a candidate for governor in New York, Cynthia Nixon. I don't even know uh, if Cynthia's done anything else of any. She posted a wonderful announcement on her Instagram account <laughs> Friday to mark the 14th annual Trans Day of Action. Wait, Friday uh, was the <clears throat> Trans Day of Action. Damn it! I, I wish I hadn't been on vacation last week because we would have had quite a celebration here <laughs> of Trans, trans day, of day of Action. Or uh, had I had I known we would have partied here, but oh, I didn't. Like it was 1999, we would have partied. Thank you. Her 21-year-old son Samuel Joseph Moses, who goes by the name Seth, was originally named <clears throat> Samantha. Wait, wait, what? Seth is the child of Ms. Nixon and former partner Danny Moses. She also has a 15-year-old son and a 7-year-old son with 
her wife, um, Christine Marinoni. So you, you, the way you, you're, you're told. Your tone There's is, nothing wrong with my tone. Your tone is really. My tone is completely. No, it is not. <clears throat> no, it it's, is it's not my friend. completely fine. My no, tone. You've lost. I, I'll thank you not to question my tone. Is what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for not questioning my tone. I don't know that I could do that. The post said, um, "I'm so proud of my son Samuel Joseph, called Seth." who graduated college this month, I salute him and everyone else, marking today's Trans Day of Action TDOA. So she's excited that her daughter became her son. And graduated. And graduated. And so... And graduated from the University of Chicago. Yeah, it's a a good school. She also has a 15-year-old, of course, with uh, with her former husband, and a seven-year-old with her new wife. See, that's the tone I'm talking about. So that's about. I'm just that's the tone. I, there is I'm no tone. About. That's the tone. I'm there is no about. tone. These are just yeah. facts that I'm I'm sharing because they're you know important. She's challenging uh, Andrew Cuomo, of course, for for governor. She's been a longtime supporter of LGBTQIA plus rights and is running on a progressive campaign advocating for the legislation legalization of marijuana and increased funding for public education of course <clears throat> and uh it's all wonderful it's that's great of course and she's also uh doing a, a great good for the security of america by just wanting to dismantle ice thank and get you rid of ice. finally uh, someone has said it she believes that it's a terror terrorist organization she called ice just that a terrorist organization that should be abolished her uh her performance on the view and who knew that show was still on uh the view was Mm -hmm. uh tremendous and i think we do have that clip of her on the view and and you do we and i I think that uh, you can hear joy in the background who's just the rest of the rest of them on the view are just so great joy one of the most poorly named human beings To ever walk the face I mean, of well, the she's earth. She's a comedian. She knows what's funny. <laughs> she knows what's funny. Do we have the Oh, she knows being funny. Separated throughout this country by mm-hmm. ICE. Yes. I think we need to abolish ICE. That seems really clear. Yeah. Uh, lemmings in the we audience. Replace it with. We don't need to replace, replace it. We, you know, oh. ICE is relatively new. It came in after September 11th. We've been handling immigration and customs oh, for gosh. a long time here. We don't need ICE. And and they have strayed so far from the interests of the American people and the interests no, of humanity. No, uh, we need to we need to abolish it. But in New York state and across the country, there are things that we can be doing on the ground to protect our undocumented mm. people. Listen and in this. New York state, we this need to be agonizing. offering access to driver's licenses to undocumented people, oh which is something that our governor is not doing now. And it's Heaven something that us. I will do immediately upon entering office, because wow. when listen, listen, listen. when a. Uh, uh, an undocumented person who cannot get a driver's license like uh, gets stopped in a routine traffic violation. This is the number one way that ICE is finding people and people oh, no. that, so if we really want to protect oh, people no. on the That's ground, horror. this is a concrete thing we can do to, to fight the Trump agenda, not just rhetorically, but with policy if we're really interested in protecting people. What a despicable movie. <laughs> Uh, it's just despicable. This is absolutely agonizing. Oh my gosh. And you know what's even worse than her and the idiots around the table? Yep. The audience. The lemmings. The moron buffoons in the audience. <laughs> Moronic buffoons. Yes! 
Tone again. That I, oh, that's a new tone. I that is a new that tone. tone. It's the same kind of tone, though, that makes me think that <laughs> no, you not don't like all. her at all. Absolutely not. It's, it's that same road. I don't even know on. where that thought process is coming from, <laughs> Jeffy. Then we've got this it's other so bad. Uh, congressional Democrat uh, is calling for abolishing ICE. Yeah. She's, uh, Cynthia Nixon is not the only one. Uh, there's also Deb Haaland who won a primary in uh, New Mexico earlier this month, and she is also calling for the abolition of ICE. Three Democratic members of Congress have joined them. On Saturday, Representative Jim McGovern called for abolishing ICE at a town hall in Massachusetts. Oh, my gosh. This is just unbelievable. On Sunday afternoon, Representative Earl Blumenhauer of Oregon joined McGovern calling for... The abolition of ICE. <clears throat> okay. And so it seems to be sweeping the Democrat Party. You know, the Democrat Party is not the Democrat Party anymore. No, it is not. It, it is essentially the Communist Party. And it, it's just time to, to drop the pretense and call them what they are. They're communists. These extreme left-wing Democrats are only Democrats because they can't win if they called themselves what they really are. Communists. And, and I'm just tired of them. You know, I'm tired of the lie. I'm really sick and tired of the lie that these are still Democrats because they're not. They're not. Now, rank and file people across the country, I'm sure there's still a lot of Democrats who just believe a little bit differently than Republicans do or conservatives do. Um, they're a little left of center. Maybe they're more socially liberal than, than we are. But these people, the Cynthia Nixons and uh, this Deb Haaland and others, they're, they're flat-out communists. And they are not looking out for the best interest of the United States of America. No way. Absolutely not. No way. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, coming up in just a second. Do we have? We do, actually. Yes, that's what I thought. Yeah, I was, you're absolutely <clears throat> Yep. Mm-hmm. Real estate agents I trust. Dot com. Real estate agents I trust. Uh, is our sponsor this half hour. Most people uh, have had a crappy experience uh, with a realtor because you know they hire a family member or a friend. It's kind of forced on them, and they're just too nice to say no. <laughs> usually, <laughs> usually ends badly for everybody. Sure involved. does. It sure does. And listen, he's a really good friend. Mm-hmm. And he's he'll. Oh, you're he'll, gonna love him. Do, he's gonna do such a great job. He'll do you right. He's gonna do such a great job, and then he doesn't, and then it's really uncomfortable for everybody. Uh, don't put yourself through that. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. What has happened here is that these agents have been qualified by Glenn's team based on experience and marketing plans, what kind of character they have, and what kind of results have they gotten in the past for clients. That's a huge indicator. Plus, they're fans of the show, like you are. And so you're going to have that in common with them. You know you, sh- you share basically the same principles and values. So if you want to sell your house really fast, you want to get the most money out of it. You don't want to lose money like I have virtually every single time up until now. You know, that's, and you, and really that's not the way it's supposed to work. 
Kind of not, right? But I yeah. I thought it was, <laughs> I to be know. honest with you. <laughs> it happened so much, I thought, well, this is just the way it goes. It's supposed to happen this yep. way. Yep. Oh, nope. So if you try to sell your house, you want to do it fast, you want to get the most money out of it, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. We'll introduce you to the best agent in your town. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, welcome. 888-900-3393. Uh, it is Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, the media is uh, yeah, finally completely lost their mind. Really? The mainstream media is just, uh, I mean, it's so insane now that it, it's... It's hard to believe how far down this rabbit hole we've gone now. It's uh, unbelievable. And I, I don't know that there's any end in sight. Is it, is it possible to get a grip on this ever and put a stop to it? That's uh, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like it, I should say. Now, I don't know. It doesn't mean that it couldn't change tomorrow. And, you know, you might, we'd feel differently, or at least I would. But as of right now, it doesn't feel like there's any real change coming. And you've got you've got Donald Trump, the president, who's making an enemy, and he's called them that, of the media and calling them fake news. And then you got the media making an enemy out of us, anybody on the right. Yeah. You could either support Donald Trump or even not you know, support him that much, but just believe in different things. You're still the enemy here. And so that's... That's kind of where we are at each other's throats right now. And it's just getting more and more ridiculous every day. And, and it's feeding it. Look, I, 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 one of the things that it is happening, and it's been happening since the, Donald Trump became a president, even started running for president, and the hatred for Donald Trump is overwhelming, is that then it's we're filled with also, you know, you talk about fake news, but it's not only, I mean, you can blame it on the news or you can blame it on people that hate Donald Trump, but mm-hmm. we're faced with deciding whether things are true or not, right? I mean, we yeah. see, I keep getting this meme uh, on my timeline in Facebook uh, talking about uh, from Donald Trump that says, if I were to run, uh, I'd run as a Republican. They're the dumbest group of voters in the country. They love anything on Fox News. I could lie and they'd still eat it up. I'd bet my numbers would be terrific. And it's captioned underneath People Magazine 1998. And that sounds... Generally speaking, it does sound like you know he probably he might have come. He could have come from him, but it didn't. Yeah, they looked. They looked everywhere. They asked People Magazine. They didn't come from People Magazine. He was. He was obviously in People Magazine for many years in different things. And that's why most people would just accept it, right? And in in 1998, Fox News wasn't what Fox News is now, right? uh, Or has been the last five ten years. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it sounds good enough to be true, but that's what you're fighting against constantly. Just the, the mm-hmm. hatred, not only of truth, but hatreds with lies. Yeah. It's never That's ending. just not true. 
He never said that. Right. Uh, so you've got anti-Trump people sending that stuff out. But I remember the same thing would happen with Barack Obama. They, yes, it would. They'd send out that. That's a good. That's a great remembrance the of that because we saw that all the time. Email that said if, what was it? It was something like, uh, he said in his book, if push comes to shove, I'm going to side with the Muslims every time. You remember that? That email was, I mean, it, I don't know how many times I got that. Yeah, there was there was a, there was another one too that we used to. get And it all was the untrue. Time. He never said that. There was never another one that I saw all the time that was like, okay, it's not you know as much as I don't like the guy, he never said it. Stop it. Right. <laughs> We've got Stop enough it. on this guy. We don't have to right. make stuff. And that's stuff. that's the same way I feel about Trump. Yes. Why? Why are you going overboard? I know. There's there's a lot of things you could use against him. You, you don't have to make up memes. Right. There's no, there's no point. Yeah. Well, I mean, there obviously is a point, and that's to, you know, just stir up the, the To bring about more. chaos. Yeah. They just, they ju- there's a faction of this country that just wants sheer unadulterated chaos to break out here, you know, and maybe drive us into a civil war. Well, I don't luck. know. You know, we're talking, uh, I know Glenn talked a little bit about uh, what's happening in Iran and, uh, you know, the, uh, the uprising in Iran happening uh, again, and hopefully we'll back it and, you know, turn Iran into, a, you know, a good country or, or at least a, you know, a, a decent country of, on terms with us mm-hmm. in the future. But remember that that's how Iran turned into what it is now is that, you know, they wanted to get rid of the Shah and, you know, even Glenn yeah. mentioned it and just kind of bypassed it a little bit, but they wanted to get rid of the Shah. And then there were people that came on board and said, well, we can get rid of the Shah. We, we'll get rid of, we'll just burn it all down, get rid of it all. How'd that work out? It doesn't. Um, hmm. Yeah, it, it never works out well for 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 the people that think, yeah, burn it down. Yeah, it does, we need it, to start again. Burn it down. Right. Do you? Okay. All right. And you're are you saying that went badly in Iran afterwards? Is that what you're saying? Is that the implication here? Yes. Yes, huh. it is. So you're saying that? Yes, it is. The 1979 revolution in Iran didn't I'm go saying, well for no, it did not go well for huh. the, for the just for just for the Iranian every other every guy on the street hmm. the man on the street in Iran and it didn't quite go well at all no it really didn't and it, it hasn't really been didn't. well for them for quite some time and it certainly it didn't work out well for us either uh, we've been at each other's throats right. now ever since uh, starting with the hostage situation so uh, yeah you're right that doesn't that doesn't work out generally speaking. 888 Also, uh, from President Trump today, he's uh, kind of at war with Harley Davidson. Yes, he is. He said that they will be taxed like never before. <laughs> if, See, that's what I mean. You don't need a meme for this guy. Right. I mean, this is... Come on. First of all, he cozied up to Harley Davidson, and now... He's going to tax them like never before if the motorcycle maker moves their production overseas. And the reason they were considering doing that is because with with the trade war that's going on, the tariffs that are going to be imposed on Harley-Davidson motorcycles in Europe is going to cost them, they said, $100 million. Right. My, my understanding was, and, and you can uh, tell me if, I under, if I'm wrong or not, my understanding was that they, they were still going to keep production here in the u.s they were just going to downsize that production because they were going to up production of their product in right, europe elsewhere to defeat the tariffs yeah so that they're not imported from the so u.s they're doing what donald the trump Davidson would do with would their business there. right yes right uh it's good they were looking for a way around the tariff. right amazing good for them i i, I but he's 
he's he doesn't have that mindset though. It's not a conservative mindset, uh, policy wise. And uh, Trump said a Harley Davidson should never be built in another country. Never. Well, okay, I agree with that. However, you're kind of forcing their hand. Yeah. Their employees and customers are already very angry at them. If they move, watch. It'll be the beginning of the end. They surrendered. They quit. The oh aura will gosh. be gone, and they will be taxed like never before, he tweeted out. Oh, man. This is not the way to do it. No, it is not, Mr. President. No, it is not. We shouldn't be going to war with American com- companies Especially like Harley-Davidson. No. No, there's no got, reason for this. We've got the rest, we've got too many things happening around the world. We need to be strong here. He said earlier this year, Harley Davidson said they would move much of their plant operations in Kansas City to Thailand. That was long before tariffs were announced. Hence, they were just using tariffs trade war as an excuse. Yeah, I don't. Okay, I don't think that's true. I mean, they might have had some plan to move some operations to Thailand, but also because of the tariff. They were planning to move more of their operation to Europe, but I, th- as far as I know, they were still going to stay here and do American-made and I'm motorcycles sorry. for and, Americans. And I'm sorry, they Harley Davidson knows full well, even if it was before tariffs, knows full well how the American people, the Harley people, will react to mm-hmm. them becoming, uh, you know, do outside of the U.S. because it's been such a brand for them. Forever, such a big deal that that's an American-made yes. motorcycle. So you know, to mm-hmm. do that means that they were seriously looking at sometimes to keep themselves afloat and keep the business going and keep jobs alive. And you know, just like I don't know, every other company, right? And it's amazing that they're made here in America. Name the automobile that's actually made here. There are automobile companies based. Here yeah, and cars are put together here, uh, but, but they're the made in yeah. Canada and Mexico. Yeah, all the parts are not. I mean, Chevrolet's Chevys are made in Canada for the most part, aren't they? Uh, Ford, a lot of their parts are made elsewhere. Yeah, I think because to- Toyota made the big deal of uh, made uh, put together in, a, in, in Texas. Or whatever, made in America. Yeah, How many Toyotas <laughs> are built in Texas? A lot. So, which is an American company? One that is headquartered here but made in Canada. Or one that's headquartered in Japan, but made in America. I don't even know anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. You tell me. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray Unleashed. Have you ever been on a flight? When somebody completely spazzes out on it, I, I I've never had that. I've been on a flight where a guy was starting to get out of hand, and more than one person, including myself, said, "Dude, calm down, enough, and go back to your seat." Did he stop? Yes. What was he doing? Well, he he was he was busy uh, being intoxicated. 
Okay. And, and continuing that intoxication as the flight continued. And there was a girl that I, that they knew each other. They did know each other. Uh, he was sitting in coach and uh, we were sitting in business and he kept coming up and talking to her. And then, then he kept getting loud and screaming and they, they started getting into a fight. And the, the, the flight attendant, not the stewardess, the flight attendant uh, couldn't get him to calm down. And so I stood up and just as soon as I stood up, this other guy uh, next to this lady stood up, you know, in the row behind her and said, that's enough. We're done. We're not pulling this. There's no problem. Get your ass back to your seat. And he did. And he did. Wow. Walked him back. Uh, well, a woman was just taken off a Spirit Airlines flight. Spirit might be the worst airline in the history of this Whoa. planet. Whoa, what? What? <laughs> Whoa. Wait, because what? They, they have, oh they have seats big enough to fit a, a, a doll. Like a porcupine. Well, not a porcupine. <laughs> no. A squirrel? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe a squirrel. Maybe a squirrel. Yeah. It sure as hell isn't to fit me. No. Tell you oh, that. my gosh. Uh, Jackie booked a spirit flight one time because she's like that. Hey, you're a lot less. Yeah, there's a reason it's a lot less. We get to carry on our wallet for free. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> I don't know if your wallet weighs over two pounds. You're, we're paying. We're charging yeah, you're for paying it. twenty-five bucks for it. Um, so eyewitness video taken by a passenger uh, shows this woman pacing frantically up and down the aisle of a flight from Houston to Minneapolis, screaming hysterically. During the intense one minute and twenty second video, the woman curses, makes threats involving her brothers. And acts erratically before a plane full of stunned passengers. Get me the F off this <laughs> long freaking plane. Okay. You want to you wanna be expletive and uh, expletive to me? You see me effing pissed? <laughs> what? That's the expletive. I mean, what, what is the deal here? I, I wouldn't know what... I don't know necessarily what necessarily to do. I don't know. They, when well, it's a woman I, screaming it like to me, that. Was this the same? I saw a story. Was this the same where they had to land because there was a medical emergency? So everybody was told to calm down and just relax. And then she started freaking out. I, I think this is a, a different one. She's, it says at one point, a male passenger stands up to block the woman from getting to the front of the plane. She shakes her fist at the man before lashing out again. Do you know who my brothers are? Uh, no, I don't think I do. Should I? We're about Should to I find know? out because I'm going to bring you down in this aisle and we're going to come. Well, down. they're effing Marine snipers. <laughs> well, are they on this flight and do they have their rifles with them? Because <laughs> that's a different situation if, it it, sure if is. they're not here. And the thing is, is that I, I don't know what what look that the situation that I talked about being in. I never felt that there was any real harm going to come. Yeah, it was just this guy being drunk and loud and obnoxious. Right. Uh, and if, if you're on a flight and it does seem like there's going to be some kind of harm or danger to other people, I mean, I, I don't know how far you go to 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 hold those people down and to, to strap them down and to say, nah, no, no, not today. I mean, it doesn't. Uh-huh. When, does, when does it become you're protecting the other people on the plane and then or you're the bad guy? Yeah, that's I mean, it's hard to know where that line is. I, I think she passed it. I think she crossed that line. Um, and it, it did actually have, um, it did actually happen after they landed in Rochester, Minnesota due to a medical issue. Okay. That's what so I'm it talking is, about. Yeah, it because is the they woman. landed and they, they were taking care of this medical guy or some, they were taking care of this man who had a, a, a heart issue. condition, I think, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But then she just started freaking out. 
yes. uh, while they were waiting, taking care of this guy. Well, uh, okay. I mean, that's a little bit better than being on in the air, uh, but not much. And it right. also, for me, it would be uh, also whether I was traveling with my family or not. If I'm by myself, I don't care. Go ahead. I sit back and watch the fun. <laughs> if I'm by myself, go ahead. Tear it up. Uh, is the yeah. is the video of this uh, edited? Is it bleeped? No, okay, I can't play that. But uh, no, I mean, we should still. She uses naughty language. I mean, well, there's just no call she for does, that. Uh, there's no reason for you that. You need to honey. say that what you Come were on, reading. Putin. She didn't actually say expletive. No, she didn't. Oh, no, she oh. didn't. She actually used an expletive. <laughs> so, sadly, we won't be able to play that that stinks but spirit airlines said yesterday morning a flight from houston to minneapolis had to land in rochester minnesota due to a guest experiencing a medical emergency on the ground in rochester another passenger became erratic and irate and was removed from the aircraft with the assistance of law enforcement we apologize to our guests who had to witness this and for the inconvenience of the delay safety is our top priority at spirit airlines of course it is uh convenience isn't and comfort isn't (laughs) Well, no, convenience is. I mean, that's part of their, that's part of their, hey, we'll get you to where you need to go. Uh, yeah, you but will? not, not was squished into a teeny little seat and jammed with your knees in your chest. I know. And, <laughs> yes. And, uh, and your carry on, your wallet. But you might pay a couple extra, a uh, couple dollars less than you would pay on, I don't know, Delta or I mean, American. The last or, time I flew Spirit, I'm trying to think where we were flying from. I think they're even cheaper than Southwest, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Uh, we yeah. flew uh, somebody book. I can't remember where we were. From. I think we were flying from. We'd gone up to Michigan, and we flew back on a Spirit, and it was like I will never fly this flight again. I mean, Spirit, I love you, and if you'd oh, like to be a, a if you'd like to be a sponsor mm-hmm. of uh, any part of this broadcast, we love you, <laughs> and uh, we'll just we'll talk about putting in. And we'll fest, completely change the we'll, way we'll we talk think about putting about in. You talking about talk. putting in. You're, well, we're they're considering putting in fat guy seating. We'll even talk like that. But until then, no, no, we're not. <laughs> no, because no, it was bad. It was uncomfortable. The whole oh my gosh! Ride was just no, that's squeezed not, in. That tight. is not a fun airline. Mm-mm. And it was. It really was. I think we did end up paying like I don't know, just under eight thousand for the luggage. <laughs> yes, it was something like that. I oh, wasn't. The, I'm not sure exactly what they what they billed the debit card, but it was something from, like that. The flight from Houston to Minneapolis was probably 25 bucks, but <laughs> I'm sorry, your baggage is 230, and oh, you got to carry on. That's oh, another yeah, that's 175 dollars. Yeah. No, so. and, and that's only you. You that she with you? Yeah, we're tacking that one on too. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Oh man, it's, they they do. That is a, a good deal that they have. Is there even such them. a thing as first class in uh, on a Spirit flight? Ooh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't maybe think they have that. The, they? they might have a, maybe a wider seat. I don't, I don't even know that. Yeah. Uh, for Spirit, that's that's a good. Maybe question. just the uh, the emergency row, where you get a little extra room most of the time. I don't know that's if that exists on a Spirit. Room, yeah, that's usually leg room. That doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean butt that's room. That's not. Yeah, right. That's not for your seat. A federal judge yesterday tossed out two groundbreaking lawsuits by San Francisco and Oakland that sought to hold some of the world's largest oil companies liable for climate change. How about that? The lawsuit was thrown out by a federal judge? (laughs) How about that? In an exhaustive 16-page ruling that touched on such scientific matters as the Ice Age... And early observations of carbon dioxide. U.S. District Judge William Alsup 
acknowledged the problem of a warming planet, but said it's just too big for the courts to solve. The cities are trying to get five oil and gas giants, including Bay Area-based Chevron, to help cover the cost of dealing with sea level rise. Oh, good gosh. (laughs) Like picking up the tab for seawalls. However, also noting that Congress and the White House, not the judiciary, are responsible for addressing the fallout from fossil fuels, granted the industry's request to dismiss the lawsuits. That's amazing. Okay. That in a federal in a federal court in the Bay Area, a federal judge dismissed this ridiculous lawsuit. The problem deserves a solution on a more vast scale than can be supplied by a district judge or jury. In a public nuisance case, the two cases are among the first of many nationwide that have recently attempted to force the oil industry to pay for what might amount to hundreds of billions of dollars to combat climate change. While the other municipalities, including a handful in California and New York City and Kings County, Washington, are closely following what happens in the Bay Area, Monday's decision doesn't affect those cases in the other courts. Wow. The cities and counties all claim that oil companies have long known that greenhouse gas emissions from fossil fuels are warming the planet. Yet, according to the lawsuits, the industry did nothing to prevent the problems. Actually, that's not true. They even sought to cover up their ties to the climate akin to how big tobacco. They always try to tie this into big tobacco. It's just this is asinine. Do you know how much cleaner these oil companies are than they used to be? Do you know how much more efficient they are? Well, and the, and they will say their argument to that is that that's because we t- we make them and they're still no, not good not. enough. But they've actually, I mean, they've done this on their own uh, in a in a great degree because it was just more efficient for their business, right? For one thing. But you talk to you, you figure a lot of these companies, uh, you know, they have bent over backwards uh, talking about the the clean earth and we. You know, the, they have the they've caved change. into this they climate have completely stuff. Completely caved. Look at the look at the Chevron and Exxon Mobil ads. What are they talking about? They're not even talking about gasoline and natural gas anymore. They're talking about climate change yeah. and how green they are. <laughs> they have caved into this. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, but you know, as I as I try to tell all the climate change, global warming people. Uh, who are on the ExxonMobil is the most evil company in the world as when they're on that bandwagon. It's like, I mean, look at what we've done. Look at the steps that have been taken to clean up the environment, not just by ExxonMobil and Chevron, but virtually every industrial uh, company that does business in the, in the United States. We were at a point in the 1960s where Lake Erie was on fire oh oh yeah it was on fire on a regular basis and that doesn't happen anymore no the heck the the river that uh that uh was went through the uh, my hometown in michigan uh saginaw river um that and i i don't i'm just guessing that this was because of what was dumped in it but uh it never froze uh in the winter time oh really it would just uh it would it would never freeze uh, now, I don't know that General Motors poured stuff in that river. <laughs> but, I don't know that uh, uh, possibly Gray Iron Foundry poured stuff into that river. I don't know that for a fact. Does it freeze now? I believe so, yeah. 
That's but interesting. I don't. I, I, I mean, it never froze. It was always. Uh, huh. It was always uh, less watery than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just good business to. Aside from the fact that you care about the planet at all and people at all, it's just good business well, to clean things up. Of course. And no. do things better than you used to do. And I think uh, most businesses, if not all businesses, have done that. How much have, has the air and water improved since the 1970s? A ton. Yeah, go over to China. See how that breathing helps you right. out there. Oh, my doing gosh. They have, they have air alerts and, and give out masks and breathing devices uh, uh, year-round. Uh, mm-hmm. In many of those cities, because uh, they uh, tend to think differently about the uh, air quality than we do. So go talk to them. That's for sure. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up in a sec here. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns. Uh, Jeffy's evil wife brought us <laughs> these bunt cakes from. Oh my gosh! Nothing bunt cakes. Oh good she, gosh! I, I mean, so, she's just evil. So good. That's all I can think of now. I just want to end the show so we can eat them. I, just, I that's all I want. To I'm do. not a big red velvet, but that's fan. Delicious. I mean, I like it, but this uh, particular uh-huh. red velvet bunt cake mm-hmm. is probably the best of the With world. Chocolate chips in it. This is the best cheese frosting. Right oh, good gosh. It's the best in the world. Right I think now. nothing but cakes is national, isn't it? And you, have, and you have the, oh, the confetti. Confetti oh, cake. The confetti yeah. is probably so next good. to the greatest, next to the red <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, really good. I mean, I don't know if you know this. For those of you watching on Blaze Television, you probably could see it happening. Those of you on Blaze Radio couldn't. But Pat mm-hmm. was within an inch of his life. I was. I was on my deathbed um, here. Before the, it's about, a death about, chair. About but, 22 minutes ago. Well, uh-huh. yeah, about 22 minutes ago. I was one and, inch away from death. One inch. Fortunately, we were able to go to a, a, a break. And uh, we had a couple of minutes to relax a little bit. And then my evil wife came in with brought, this. Brought yeah. food in. Oh, my gosh. And uh, saved saved his life and mine, but more Pat's than mine. Because I was, I was I, just an inch yeah. away. You were about an inch and a half. <laughs> uh, all right, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Hey, Mitt Romney learns. I think it's today, right? Isn't the election today? I the think primary? so because I think so because they're busy uh, looking at him, uh, his reactions to everything that's going on. So I think it is today because he's had uh, react reactions to the Trump travel ban. So he's been deflecting attacks on his former criticism of President Trump during the campaign. You know, because his opponent, we talked to his opponent too. And the one thing I was disappointed with was that he seemed to be a big time Trump guy. Um, And Trump, to me, is not a conservative. And so I want real conservatives in office. If you're a big, big Trump fan, you're either faking it or you're not conservative. And but it's so difficult though because which what where do you go with that? 
Pat, if you're running for office now. I, I, I know, know, I know what you want, that 100%. True. I'm with you, I, 100%. Yeah. But and I knew that's why he was I'm doing it. I right. knew that's why he was doing you, it. He did feel like that. Mike Kennedy is his he name. He did feel like that. It did, didn't it? And it felt like that when you were talking that to him. I felt the same disappointed way. Disappointed funny you say that, because I felt the same way listening yeah, to him. Yeah, that's the one thing. I liked everything else he said, but... The the Trump support, the, ba- the, the Trump bandwagon stuff seemed that was seemed off a little. Yeah, it did. And so and look, and I can't like anywhere I was headed is I I don't know that I blame him. Yeah, I'm not mad at him for it. I mean, if he look, well, look what, either look, way, either way, whether he's on Trump's bandwagon or not, if he says one thing that Trump doesn't like, Trump tweets about him and he loses the race. Exactly right. Exactly right. So you might Even as well Romney try to. Is not bashing Trump anymore. Why? Because he's running for office and he doesn't want to lose. That's why. Uh, He's running for office. And if Trump starts getting on Romney's case in this election. He's done. He's done. Just like that. Who was the last one that that this happened? What's the face in Carolina, right? Right. Uh, Yep. uh, Mark. Yep. Sanford Sanford was all done. I love him. I mean, as a politician, he was great. And you talk about, oh, you're not running for pastor in chief. (laughs) Okay. So don't give me that crap about it. He, He had an affair 10 years ago. Right. Okay, he's not running right. for for pastor in in chief or pastor in Congress. He was running as a conservative who has a great voting record, a great voting record. And Trump tweeted out something about him on the day of or the day before. I, I don't remember which. And he lost. Yeah, but it was over. Yeah, he might have lost anyway. I don't know. But it was really close. And I think Trump pushed the other guy over yes. the edge. So we'll see what happens with uh, Romney and Mike Kennedy today. Um Romney said in an op-ed published Sunday in the Salt Lake Tribune that the Trump administration's policies have exceeded his expectations in its first year. Well, I can say that, too. Absolutely. We so have. I, I can say that, honestly. We have said that. By far, it's exceeded my expectations. Because I had no expectations for him doing anything good. But he has. But he pledged to continue to speak out when the president says or does something which is divisive, racist, sexist, anti-immigrant. Oh, good Gosh, dishonest or destructive or to democratic institutions. There's the difference between me and Mitt Romney. I will continue to speak out when the president says or does something that, well, divisive, yeah. Racist, I, I don't know that he said anything racist since he's been in office. Has he? I, not to my knowledge. Sexist? Has he said anything sexist since he's been in office? Since he's been in office? I mean, that's the whole thing, right? All these cases are coming up against him, and they're mad at him, and he's a sexist, Mm -hmm. and he's a pig, and Mm -hmm. he has a massage in us, and we just can't stand him. While he's been the president of the United States, I don't think that's the case. Anti-immigrant? Stop it. That's just just pandering to illegal immigration. It sure is. Don't give me that anti-immigrant stuff. Nobody in the Republican Party... No conservatives that I know are anti-immigrant. We're anti-illegal immigration. We should be, and that's it's wrong, of course. We should be pro-legal immigration because then they can't. Right, we should be anti. They can't nail you with that label all the right, time. The anti. And and we made that mistake a long time ago, and so now we just have to live with it. But still, the anti-immigrant thing. Stop it. What about the travel Sh- ban, Pat? Up. Yeah, that's anti-terrorist. Okay, that's it. We're we're trying to keep terrorists out of the United States. That's yeah, okay. It. Are you pro-terrorist? Well, no one wants terrorists to come into the <laughs> okay, country, well, Pat. But shut we up. Need to- <laughs> and that's how Trump should handle it. <laughs> then shut up. And he would. Uh, he would actually. Yeah, he just would. Stop it. Next question. So I'm, not, a, I'm not talking to you right now. Next one. Right. 
his opponent uh, says he's the true he's the true local conservative who would work better with Trump. Well, see, there's where you kind of okay. I like the fact that you're you're talking conservatism, but then when you br- when you com- when you bring Trump into it, that's not conservative anymore. His pitch won over the hard right leaning delegates at the party convention in April, but is now being put to the test today among the more moderate GOP voters around the state. So we'll see what happens here. Kennedy is a lawyer and a family doctor. The guy's a doctor and a lawyer? Wow. How there's, how long did you go to school? There's, there's not a lot of us. It took some time. <laughs> it takes a little bit of time, Pat. Yeah, because wouldn't you have to go to med school and yeah, law school? Yeah, you do. But uh, <laughs> look, once, once, look, once you kick it out, Pat, yeah. you, you could do that. You know that. Then what are you doing answers. here, if I might ask? I just I fell in love with radio. Did you? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. You fell in love with the crappy pay here. And, uh, fell in love. It's and, not about the pay. No, no of course it's not. It's, it's, not, about, about, the money. it's about a lifestyle. Thank you. Right? <laughs> I do feel like it kills me. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the, the, <clears throat> he might not might not be a medical doctor, though, right? I don't. Uh, no, he's a family doctor, a lawyer and a family doctor. Okay, enough. I know. I know. And, and you want to be a senator? I think All at right, some enough. point you've made enough money. Thank you. Thank the, fa- you. the father of eight is now worth up to about $2 million. Well, no wonder he's got a two big jobs. He keeps pumping out kids. Right? But... You know, that's kind of a far cry. At least cry he's taking care of his family. Romney's fortune is $270 million. So one of these guys is a little, a little bit different. better off. Yeah. Although Romney's seven, in his yeah. 70s now. so Is he 70? Yeah, 71 now, I think. Wow. Doesn't look it, does he? The guy's pretty well preserved, frankly. Uh, Romney actually has. Here's how far this has gone with the criticism from uh, Romney to Trump. Trump has endorsed him. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. And Trump endorsed Mitt Romney. Wow. Instead of, by the way, the more conservative guy. So right. what does that tell you? Right. Well, and, and right, right. I mean, uh, Romney is like an outsider. He doesn't even know political leanings. I mean, he's, that's what that's what Trump is doing is draining the swamp. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. He wouldn't even. Well, right. I mean, right. Mitt yeah, that's right. been governor and. Of a state, yeah, it's Massachusetts, run, not Utah. Run for president. But the guy's a never of served, times, so he's an outsider. Never Just served in office in Utah. He's not. He doesn't even live in Utah. <laughs> I mean, he, he might have now, one right? of his homes. He must. He has to. Right? He, he has must to. now. Don't you yeah. have to live? I, he probably I one of do. his homes is in yeah. Utah. All right, we'll uh, get into more <laughs> trouble uh, tomorrow. Look for us then. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Yeah, we eat some cake here. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.